Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for downloading this episode with my friend Ellen Pino. It was a great pleasure to show up at her spa on a Thursday evening after close uh, and sit down and talk with her for a couple of hours. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed catching up with her. We we actually attended the same high school, but haven't uh, haven't really kept up with each other since those days. But I've been following her uh, from a distance, I guess you would say, via social media, and it's been great to see her uh, work professionally and uh, build her business to what it is today. And I think you will very much enjoy hearing about her um, and the things that you don't see on social media, which I thought was some of the more interesting and um, insightful things to hear about the ups and downs of running a business, of being a parent, of being a wife, and working your way up uh, the corporate ladder as well. I really hope you enjoy this episode, and if you haven't yet been to Alvon 2, which is Ellen's business, you should definitely check them out, and uh, after you listen to this episode, I'm convinced that you will want to, whether you're a guy or a girl. So thanks again, Ellen, for sitting down with me. Thank you for downloading this episode, and I hope you enjoy my conversation with my friend, Ellen Pina. And I previously spoke with Amy about yeah. what she's doing, but what does uh, Bridget Tate, you said her name was? Mm-hmm. So what is her business? What's she? she? Well, she does like lighting. So oh, okay. she does like design and lighting. Um, she used to work for... What was it? Cajun Cajun Electric. Oh, really? Okay. Mm-hmm. And they have like that really cute showroom on government and she managed their showroom. And then um, <clears throat> she just branched out on her own and is doing her own thing. So she's so super fun. Cool. Yeah. And she's really good. Like she's just quirky and fun. And have you heard of um, the baby cakes? Baby cake. I don't think so. They're like a parade crew, oh, and they're like they the wear dancers. The pink and everything. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have seen that. They have them. like the boots and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. So she was captain of baby cakes last year. Okay. <laughs> she so she's the most fun. Nice. That's mm-hmm. cool. Um, mm-hmm. So I uh, we went to high school together. Are we starting this? Yeah, well, we've been st- oh, okay. we've been going. Yeah, we've been going. <laughs> okay. I like to just have a you know. Well, if you've listened to a few, which you claim you have, I have. But right. okay, I just I wasn't sure that you if have. we were like recording already or we what. Are. I guess there's a red button right there. Yeah, red lights Here's are on. Here's your sign. <laughs> I like to try to just kind of flow into it. You know, it's perfect. real natural and informal. Okay, perfect. And I'm not editing this part out either. Okay, great. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, so I uh, so we went to high school together. You're a mm-hmm. couple years older than me, and um, I've kind of. You know, we, I haven't, we haven't really hung out a whole lot, since, but I've been following things that you've done and we've met a few times in past years about business things. So, um, there's a lot that I want to ask about, but Great. I'm excited. if you don't mind, let's go back. Um, because I don't know what you did after you graduated. Okay. So tell me so about, like, take it way back. Yeah. Like after high school, uh, you went to LSU mm-hmm. and you were a cheerleader at LSU. Nope. Okay. No. All right. Nope. So tell me, so tell me the story after high school then. Well, it's really kind of crazy because I did cheer professionally, but I cheered for a company. Right. So okay. you have CCA, like, right? Yeah, CCA. So you have like UCA, WCA, CCA, FCA. You've got all these companies, right, that go to high schools and colleges and mm-hmm. they teach camps and all this other fun stuff. Well, back in the day, you couldn't do both. Like you couldn't cheer and do that because of the travel schedules never okay. like lined up. So mm-hmm. I chose to do CCA, which sometimes I still am like, oh man, I should have. You know, at least like done one semester of college cheer, but yeah. meh, whatever. <laughs> um, but in with all that travel, so my dad 
kind of jokingly said one day, he's like, I'm really tired of paying your travel bills. Mm. So I'm going to need you to get like a job. <laughs> he's like, Mr. Bud. Yeah. He's like, I mean, this is fun, you know, that you get quote paid to do this because you take your money and you spend it on the road with you. He's like, I'm not sure that you've ever actually brought a paycheck home. <laughs> nice. He's like, but you need to get a job because I'm, you know, footing all the bill for your travel. And so I, um, I didn't really know what to do. So I was like, well, do you know anybody that I could like get a job with? I've yeah. never done anything. Mm -hmm. And he was like, yeah, let me ask around. So anyway, in the meantime, I still had, he was like, you need to go on some interviews and like figure this out yourself. Mm -hmm. So my very what, first, what great parenting. That I is. know <laughs> it really is, you know? Yeah, yeah. So like my very first job is honestly my dream job. So when I retire, I'm going back to my roots. Okay. Okay. I was a gift wrapper at Dillard's. Wow. And, and that's your dream job. It's my dream freaking job. At the at Cortana Mall or the new mall? Or? At the new mall. Yeah, we still call it, the, <laughs> I know, we still call it the new mall. It's the only mall. It's, yeah. Yeah. No, seriously, because you're in your own little like back hole back there and you, and you have like walls of wrapping paper and ribbon and it's the good wrapping paper, right. like the quality. thick yeah. quality, like not the DG flimsy when you try to cut it wrapping mm -hmm. paper. No, no. I'm, I'm, by the way, I'm very familiar, sarcastic with wrapping paper. So I'm with you. I'm <laughs> with you like, on this. He's like, totally. I get it. The <laughs> yeah, feel of good see, paper. You would be embarrassed <laughs> I, as my wife is to look at my wrapping jobs, but it's okay. I am a pro. I mean, just, you know, yes. whatever, but. And also I'm not sure, I'm not sure if you're convincing me because back in a hole working by yourself, like you're all about people and, and your businesses. And, and ever since we've interacted after mm -hmm. school, you're super outgoing. So that's a funny. I, but I know, but I guess it's something about it. Like you're just to yourself and you're just doing your own thing. You know, like mm -hmm. you don't have to deal with anybody really complaining at you or anything. That's like, always good. <laughs> you know, it's like you're really just hanging out, doing a very, you know, professional wrap job. And everybody's happy when they get a pretty, like, right. beautiful wrapped gift. They're like, how thoughtful. Mm -hmm. And so, like, there's no disappointment there. Yeah, that's true. Everybody it's loves easy. presents. Yeah. So, what, so that was, <clears throat> so that was my first in, job. in yeah. college then? Okay. Yeah, that was my very, very first job. And then, um, so that was obviously only a season. I only was there for a couple weeks, you know. I have a, a just a quick interjection. I'm curious because... Not my first job, but one of my first jobs was also at a mall. So how much per hour did they pay you for oh, that job? Oh, I have no, like, I have no idea. You don't? Okay. I remember I mine mean, how much was, did you get paid? Well, minimum wage at the time <laughs> was five fifteen, and I got paid five twenty. So okay. It was at GameStop. But GameStop. I guess is my equivalent of dream job. I would totally go back there. Right. Like, <laughs> but, there's just, there's no, like, responsibility. Right, it's just exactly. easy. Like, yeah. there's just no, yep. you know, it's crazy. But, um, oh, man, I don't even... I'm not sure I even had a bank account yet. I really don't even know. So maybe my dad got my paychecks and, okay. <laughs> and I have no idea. And then he started cashing And then he cashed them. <laughs> so I have no idea how much money I made, but okay. it was like yeah. probably pennies. I maybe, yeah. I maybe I did it for free and that's why I didn't get a paycheck. <laughs> I don't even know. Oh God. Um, but shortly after that, I, um, I actually got a job from a, a, one of my dad's friends working at a Microsoft firm. Okay. And I worked front desk for them. And then just a couple, I don't even know how long, maybe a couple weeks after that, um, I, what was it? Hurricane Katrina hit. Okay. Yeah. And then it was crazy. We had an office in New Orleans and an office in Baton Rouge. And obviously the office in New Orleans was totally destroyed. Mm -hmm. And so we had this huge influx of clients from the New Orleans office and just, I mean, it obviously manic for everybody. And so I was like brand new. I might've been 19 maybe at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, and 
they were like, well, you're very good at what you do being a, you know, office worker. And they're like, so <laughs> you should go into sales. And I was like, me <laughs> into sales. Okay. And I still laugh to this day because my very first training, like Microsoft training mm. was on SQL. Wow. And I had no clue how to spell that. <laughs> like I kept I kept like writing out like C like S E Q and I was like, dang it, like I don't C Quinn, like C cool, like I don't know. And they were like, Oh my gosh. They're like, it's S Q L child. Right. This know, is like, we've actually now gone into something I am familiar <clears throat> with. So Well see, there you go. Yeah. And I um and so I ended up really loving it. And the thing that honestly, I think this is where my kind of entrepreneur spirit really sparked. Mm-hmm. Now obviously I grew up in a home that my dad owned his own company mm-hmm. and, you know, he did that his whole life. Um, well, the, all that I knew of it, you know, anyway, when I, when I was alive. But um, <clears throat> so it's like in my blood at the dinner table, we would talk about who he had to fire and wow. situations at his work that evening. So I was just very familiar with that aspect of life. Mm-hmm. It was not foreign to me. It was just something that was just a way of life for us. But when I worked for Microsoft, I was so young and I knew literally nothing about anything. And they didn't care. They were like, I mean, you're ambitious, you're smart, you, you know, are good with people. So they were like, you need to go in sales and we'll train you and we don't care how old you are or what experience you have. Like, you got it. Nice. And so, I mean, I started, you know, literally my second year in college doing sales for a Microsoft firm. And we would, I mean, we had clients like GlaxoSmithKline, DHH, Department of Education. We had Frito-Lay. We had huge accounts. Mm -hmm. One of my, you know, I would say fast forward like a couple years, but one of my favorite experiences, I guess I would say one of two, is I, I was maybe 20 and I walked into a DHH huge board meeting and I might have been 20 years old maybe. And I'm like, I'm presenting to, you know, like the CTO and I'm like, okay, excuse me. So I'm like literally (laughs) the only female in this room. Mm -hmm. And I just knew no different. I was Mm -hmm. so, you know, young and dumb. So I was just like, why the heck not? Mm -hmm. And, um, so I just never knew like, oh, you're not supposed to do that. Or, oh, maybe you should have like worked your way up into this other and maybe I was thrown into it in like the midst of chaos and so people maybe overlooked (laughs) my inexperience and that oh by the way I was still in college and yet to have graduated (laughs) but I mean it was so it was pretty cool I mean I got to really experience some crazy things and my very last job and I probably should not say this you know I won't say the name of the company obviously they're not even in business anymore the firm that I had but I was pregnant with my oldest daughter, Eliana, mm-hmm. and my very last um, account that I secured was like Fox and the SPSG group, the Sports Production Safety Group. I don't know if you're familiar with I'm not. them at all, but if you, if there's a sports, you know, show, whether it's like, you know, oh, like they did Super Bowl with the channel with the network Fox. Yeah. Okay. So if you know you have teams and that will like put on these like, you know, sports, whatever. Mm -hmm. And you, before you can get clearance to work on that, you have to go through these training protocols and stuff like that. So got it. We sold, (laughs) um, training platforms to them, but I was like 37 weeks pregnant. (laughs) And my, my doctor was like, absolutely not under any circumstance. Can you go 
to the headquarters in New York. <laughs> They're like, no. And so in my mind, like I was just so crazy and a workaholic and I, you know, I, whatever, I guess it's just built in me, but I was like, it's fine. It's like a three hour flight, you know, <laughs> like worst case scenario, if I go into labor, Chase can fly up and eh, it'll be fine. Yeah. So I brought my mom and my sister along with me just in case okay. I went into labor okay. and didn't go into labor. All was well. But then when I came back, um, I decided that, you know, and, and some other things happened. And um, I, like I said, I'm not, I don't want to like throw this company under the bus. Sure, or anything, sure, but, sure, um, sure. <clears throat> so, Which you totally can. They probably will not be listening. And it would be fun. <laughs> but you don't have to. <laughs> but, you know, it was like a total HR thing. Like I worked all with only men. And he was like, I sure hope you don't want to have any more kids because uh, you have a lot more work to do. And I was like, well, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I do. Maybe, you know. Yeah, maybe and so, I don't. Maybe I don't. I have no idea. You know, I'm 20. How old was I? 23. Okay. And so, um, so anyway, I felt like, yeah, maybe this is a good time for me to like. Nice. Peace out. Right. So that was, so you worked there through college and mm -hmm. graduated. I didn't and then, actually graduate college. Oh, nice. Dropped out. I dropped out. I and honestly I, wish I would have never gone to college, but I did. You know, and part of me like hates myself for dropping out when I did. Cause I have like so little to even finish to really? graduate. It's yeah. so stupid. Honestly, like sometimes just for but kicks. You, you don't need it. I know. I know. I'm You're like. You're great without it. I just like. Maybe like just for whatever, because I'm. I tell my little girls, I'm like, you have to go to school, you yeah. have to go to college, <laughs> yeah. and they're like, well, neither you nor dad graduated, right? And yeah, y'all are doing fine. That is that is logical. That would be the one reason to finish, so your kids can't mm -hmm. hold it over you. Because I would like my. Actually, I don't know. Would I like my kids to go? If it's gonna cost me a lot of money, I don't want them to get right. college. <laughs> but I guess I it depends on what they it. want their major to be. Yeah, I mean, if you're gonna be a doctor or a lawyer, like totally. you kind of have to. Like business admin, you're like man. Yeah, definitely don't waste your time or anything. <laughs> like you know, well, I won't disparage <clears throat> any particular. That's right. Subjects, but uh, mm -hmm. but yeah, you did. Maybe maybe you're actually doing so great now because you dropped out of college. I don't know. Maybe so. I think the so another like super strong female influence in my life. And I, and I speak so highly of that Microsoft company because it was like such a unicorn, right? This was a female-owned Microsoft partner firm. Okay. And that was unheard of. Like, and that, I mean, totally unheard of. And she was so empowering, obviously, like I've talked about a lot. But she, I switched my major to be her major because I just thought she was so cool. Mm, like my mm. original major was like biology and, um, and chemistry. And then I switched it to HR, which whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> but then I was like, I mean, honestly, I was making so much money with them. Mm -hmm. I mean, all my friends were like, Oh, I'm so poor. And I'm like, what? You're poor. <laughs> you know, like, why are you poor? I don't yeah. understand. Get a job. No. <clears throat> yeah. And, um, that I was just like, okay, this is for the birds. You know, like I'm, I am, I'm wasting my time and mm -hmm. it's, and at that point I'm like, it's cutting into my income that I'm making and I just had no yeah. interest in staying there. Right. So then, uh, so, and if it's all right, I did want to ask you a few personal questions, but sure. if we veer off, yeah. just let me know. Fine. But I'm interested to know how, um, starting a family kind of impacted what your, everybody talks about work-life balance and that whole thing. And, I do not know what that is. Right. So, and I know now <laughs> you have you know, you're running businesses and things like that. And you have three kids yeah. um, and a husband. Yeah. So, um, so how was your perspective before you had a husband and your first kid? And then maybe how did it change after? Um, I, like I said, I do not know what that is. I don't, I have a very, I'm not an addictive personality, but sort of, mm -hmm. um, 
I really like to work and I like to work really hard and anything that I do, I want to be very successful at. And if I'm not successful, it, in my opinion, it's because I did not try hard enough. Mm -hmm. Um, and so prior to, and I guess I didn't know that about myself, obviously at 19, like how, how can you know that about yourself? But anytime an opportunity would come up for me to go to the Seattle home office, like I was in, I want to do that. You know, I wanted to travel here. I wanted to go to Chicago office. I wanted to mm -hmm. do this. And then <clears throat> now the only thing that I would say, and I, I mean this in the best way possible, is the only thing that hindered me was actually being pregnant and that, because you're so tired and yeah. it's so just draining that that's one of the reasons I stopped working for that firm was because the travel was really difficult. Mm -hmm. I was getting really sick and it was really hard for me to travel while pregnant. Before and after was totally fine, but... Um, that I would say that was like really the only hindrance. And then after, I mean, I was literally the next day after a C-section, like with my computer, like Chase has pictures and he's like, you are so crazy. But like working while wow. she was sleeping because I was like almost addicted to it. I couldn't let it go. Yeah. And I still can't necessarily let it go. Mm -hmm. um, but I also think that like, I think it's good for kids to see that. Like I think, and my children, we talk about it just like my parents talked about it with me. Like they... I guess they see the the benefits of having successful parents, mm -hmm. right? They can go to a private school. They, for the most part, I mean, get what they want. Like they're little spoiled, precious angels, you know? But, <laughs> and I tell them, I'm like, this doesn't just happen. You know, like you can't have a life that affords you different things by chance. Mm -hmm. You know, you really have to go after it and work towards it. Be very intentional. You're intentional in your relationships. You're intentional with your time. And um, I'll never forget like when Chase and I were young in our marriage, like there was a, there was a conversation that he and I had. And um, <clears throat> I'd always kind of had a vision of, you know, we want to have like rental houses and we want to do this and do that. And so we were buying houses when some of his buddies were buying you know four-wheelers and yeah, newer trucks right. and you know all this stuff and and there was a conversation it was like man it and you know we laugh about it now he was like man it must be nice to have a new truck like he said that you know and I was like well I'm like well in a couple years they'll say hey man it must be nice that you can do this yeah versus and I said we have we've just chosen to spend our money differently you know, and, um, and that's how we are in our careers. We've just chosen mm -hmm. to shift our intentions and careers in a different way. I mean, I guess in this day and age, like we all work ridiculous hours. Like there is no such thing really as a work-life balance. And I, I don't think, you know, some people may have it, but, mm -hmm. um, it's just, you, I guess, choose where you want that to be. And then when you have time with your kids, like really make the best of that, mm -hmm. you know? And, um, like I go to every cheer competition with my girls. Like I see, the, I see the posts about that. I mean, like <laughs> I do not miss it yeah. and I'm all in, I throw their parties and even though it may be, I've had 10 hours to put together an entire week's worth of a, of a party for something like I'm going to do it and they're not going to know I stayed up till two o'clock in the morning doing it. Mm -hmm. And then it's going to throw this, you know, yeah. That's awesome a party and then I'll sleep when I'm dead. 
Right. I, I love it. <laughs> That's one of the things I uh, remember uh, strongly about my dad was he always came to the baseball games and mm-hmm. always was like helping do stuff and coaching and all that stuff. So that's a big um, that is a big thing that stands out to kids and something I want to do. And I want to ask you mentioned something. Uh, you made a kind of a comment, spo- spoiled kids a little bit, which everyone wants to spoil their kids. Yeah. But it reminded me, I read an email, I got a daily email thing. And one of the emails recently said uh, something to the effect of let's let them struggle or not let them struggle. And it was kind of saying, um, you know, you grew up uh, working hard, you faced these things, you overcame them, you learned things from them, you are the person you are now. Um, and then that. whenever your kids... You know, no one wants their kids to struggle or face hardships, mm-hmm. but there's always that thing in your head where if they, if I let them face this or if I, you know, don't buy them this or something, then they potentially learn from it. Um, totally. So like you, ba- you balance protecting them and giving them what you want, the, you know, the most you can give them with having them face some adversity to make them stronger. And your comment, um, I'm rambling on this, but your comment uh, <laughs> reminded me of that and um kind of guess I wanted to know if that's something that you and Chase consciously try to do with your kids to, I mean, cause you, you know, just to keep them in check. Yeah. It's great that they have, yeah, for you sure. know, y'all can go on ski trips <clears throat> and stuff, yeah. uh, but also <clears throat> kind of letting them know that it takes a lot of hard work to get there. Um, I mean, definitely. So, you know, there's, I think there's a huge balance, right? So I've also told my children, I'm like, look, I'm like, this doesn't just, you don't just get it for free. Mm-hmm. Like it is, we've had to sacrifice in order for you to do something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say sacrifice, but we say that to them so they understand. Like it's not, you know, you don't just get things freely in life. Like nothing is just freely given. Mm-hmm. And so for them, they know. And I'm like, look, this, like this has cost us, whether it is we worked really hard to get to this point or, you know, whatever, like it was, there was a cost associated. There's a hard cost associated with that. And so we do make them save up for certain things. Like, um, they have to work in order to get stuff. Um, or we'll say, look, I'm like, and the whole like Santa thing. I mean, like we tell them like, Hey, like Santa just doesn't give like lavish gifts. Like that's a, that's just a fallacy because (laughs) Santa has to give to every child. You know, you have to understand that there's children who are less fortunate and you need to understand that what the real world is like, you know, and you can't just walk around in this little bubble. And, um, so, I mean, honestly, like our Christmas for the most part are very small. Like we don't, I I just don't believe in over gifting for things like that. I don't want to set the expectation that if they ask for the sun and moon and the stars, well, the sun, moon and the stars better be there. That sense of expectation and entitlement really gets under my skin. Mm -hmm. And so my middle daughter right now, she and my sister have made a pact that when she turns 13, they're going to London and they're going to have the best time ever. Wow. And I'm like, that's fantastic. And I was like, but how are you going to get there? You know? And I was yeah. like, no, truly, like, if you want to do that, I will support you in that. But you have to figure out a way to pay for it. Right? It's not a family vacation. This is something you want to do as a subset. Okay, so what are you going to do? So she... um she has totally been saving her own money and wow, you know, nice. so she's like, I'm going to buy my ticket and I'm going to pay for my way and I'm going to have money for souvenirs and this and that. And she's really empowered in that. And it is so fun. And like one of the, one of the things that we've, um, 
like started is at each like milestone they can like they get like a big something right okay. so when they when all of them turned five they got their first pair of diamond earrings and they looked forward to that like that was a milestone thing that they're going to keep and they know they're super valuable they know like the meaning behind that mm-hmm. and then when they're 10 i had like switched them to be a little bit more vain in this and so i was like okay so <laughs> When you're 10, you can get like your first design or something. Okay. And so like for Eliana, she wanted a Gucci belt. Okay. So (laughs) when she turned 10, she's like, I want to go to Gucci. And so that's what she did. Like we went when we were in Atlanta, because obviously there's no Gucci store here, but right. I went and we did her. I wouldn't know that. You know, but, but yes, <laughs> her first like right. Gucci trip, and <laughs> so she got a belt, and that was awesome. And you know, she she talks about that experience, and so, and it's like that was that was something she looked forward to. Yeah. And so this year, Adelie's ten, and we're like, okay, we're going to Atlanta in three weeks. Like, do you still want your Gucci belt? And so she's been talking about. It. She's so excited because she wanted obviously the same exact thing that her sister right. did. You know, there was That's no sweet. differentiation. <laughs> yeah. Same size, same exact <laughs> color. I was like, oh my gosh. And so Chase, um, <clears throat> he's like, Ellen, he's like, Allie does not want this thing. You know, he was like, he just, she just thinks she wants it because that's what her sister picked, yeah. you know? And so Chase offered to her, um, he's like, well, if do you want the money or do you want the belt? And she's like, wait, I can have the money? Whoa, here we go. Yeah. And he was like, yeah. And he's like, I'll just give you the money that I was going to spend on this and you can put it towards your London trip. And she was like, oh, hands down. That's what I'm doing. (laughs) That's awesome. You know, so it was like, that was just a sweet little moment that, you know, she's like, no, I'm working towards this goal. Right. And my eyes are set on this goal and I don't want to be distracted. Right. Just because this shiny, fun little thing over here. And aren't you proud at her impressively mature business decision taking the money instead of the instead of like the material belt or whatever yeah and totally i'm hoping that she does that when she gets married (laughs) right (laughs) take the money and Tori's dad offered me he said i'll give you the money if you don't if y'all don't have a wedding Mm -hmm. and i was like toria but no no chance i'm glad we did i'm glad we did the wedding but see i could have cared now i hate that i did the wedding i should have taken the money and done, you know, I could have gotten married at like Justice of the Peace, you know? <laughs> right. And you could have bought a couple extra rent houses. Absolutely. Because <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, that was so much stress. And then it rained and I had to switch venues. Oh, and I'm really? like, wow. Yeah, that was. What? No. I, that, I guess money. that is a total different perspective. Mm-hmm. Well, no, because Tori is glad we did the wedding. I was just thinking my wedding wasn't really stressful for me. I mean, I, I didn't. Yeah. But for the bride, of course, a lot more stressful. But oh, um, yeah, I hope my children take the money. I'm, I'm going to offer it. That's <laughs> really? for sure. Nice. And three girls, right? Totally. Three girls. So three weddings coming up for you guys. I have a little baby girl now. Yes. And so I'm looking for all the parenting <laughs> tips. And then also a friend of mine, mm-hmm. uh, John Metz, you know, Metz. Yeah. so he had two girls. Austin has now had two girls. two girls. So I've been making fun of them about all these weddings they're going to have to pay for. Uh, Mets just found out he's about to have a boy. I was say, they're finally going to have a finally boy. Finally have so a boy. Yeah. yeah. So anyways. Um, okay. So the so you left the job whenever you had your first? Yes. Kid? Okay. And then what happened uh, after that? So oddly enough, I mean, I, I told Chase, I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I mean, I've only worked for Microsoft since college. Um, <clears throat> at this time, it had been like six years. I was like, I just don't know. Like I didn't finish and so randomly he heard an ad on the radio about a um advertising company hiring for 
salespeople. Okay. So he called me. He's like, Ellen, you'd be great for this. I'm like, why would I be great for this? Like, <laughs> I know nothing about anything. You know, like. That's the same thing you said before I know. the Microsoft job. <laughs> well, that's what he told me. He was like, well, yeah. I mean, you literally knew nothing about Microsoft. Right. You literally only got the job because your dad's friend was the vice president. And then here you are, you know, like, you'll be fine. And then, um, so I'll never forget this interview. I mean, it was so awesome. And and I wish to this day that I, and I probably will at some point, we'll do this interview style because it was so badass. But <laughs> the guy who I interviewed with, it was me and this guy. I mean, and he was just like a cheese bully, you know, mur, 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 just salesman. He <laughs> okay. was, just, I mean, he might as, I don't know, he was greaseball. But um, we were sitting in the room and he was like, he looked at me and he's like, why are you better than this guy? And he was like, so tell me why you're better than him and outsell yourself to, from this guy. Wow. And the guy was like, I mean, I don't want to offend her. I don't want to, you know, and I oh, was like, is, okay, hold up. This is, so me and the other the interviewee. Interviewer and two interviewees. Yes. Okay, I'm with you. And the other interviewee was a greaseball. Yeah, totally. Okay, all right, all right. I'm yeah. with you. And think about, <laughs> think about like Alec Baldwin in what is that movie, you know? The movie? Uh, yeah, that he's like, oh, shoot. I, my I husband know. will like totally kill me because I'm the worst I watched 30 Rock. He's in No, 30 and Rock. he's like, you don't deserve a whatever. What is it? You don't deserve like a coffee break. Winners get... Oh, I think you know. I, yeah. Only closers get something. I can't. Oh God, oh, face is with, go. he has like the epic speech. <clears throat> totally. Okay, I know the movie, but I don't know the name. Just but picture that, that man. I've and, seen that. And this guy interviewing <clears throat> me was like that. Okay. That Powerful. Means, I mean, that it was super intimidating, yeah. like really in your face. And I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> well, this greaseball was like, well, I don't want to, <laughs> like, I don't want to hurt her feelings. And I was like, screw that. Right. I'm like, when we tell you why I'm better than him, this is why I'm <laughs> And he was like, you get the job, you don't, you know? And I kind of felt wow. bad. And we had to ride down in the elevator together. <laughs> Dang. That is amazing. And I was like, look. That's I'm, like, a, that could be a movie. I was like, I'm movie really scene. sorry, but uh, not sorry because I got the job and you didn't. But you know, whatever. In your face. In your face. But uh, so I thought it was hilarious. I was like, oh man. But anyway, so even still to this day, so Eliana is 11, almost 12. And so I have been with iHeart since she was four weeks old. Wow. Okay. So I still do contract work with them. Obviously, I own my own companies and stuff now, but yeah. they've also been an awesome and gracious company to work with for so mm -hmm. long. And um, so I don't work full time there. I just do contract stuff with them. But cool. Yeah. So, and that's what you were. I think actually, mm -hmm. whenever we met like years ago, um, or we met like a couple times, um, but you were working with iHeart. But I don't, when did, it, when did you start Avon 2? So this location is almost eight years old. Okay. So, so about I think, eight years ago. yeah, y'all had started mm -hmm. by then, but I knew, so that's what I'm saying this because I was curious if you're still working uh, mm -hmm. with iHeartRadio. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about that mm -hmm. as, as that was the precursor to the Avon 2 empire. Yeah. Um, so what, uh, I guess kind of. Was it just sales? You're selling advertising yeah. for iHeart? Advertising time on the radio. So how, how was that compared to your previous sales job? Did you jump right in it or was it a struggle? Um, or? It was definitely a learning curve. You know, with Microsoft, even though I sold two different things with them, I sold like training and development and then I sold like actual software development. So we would custom develop stuff. Oh, okay. So it was two different things. One was a soft sell and one was a hard sell, right? Because you had these more soft skills with the training and development side. So 
if somebody implemented a new technology, well, you still had to have a firm come in and train them mm -hmm. on it. So mm -hmm. that's what I did first. And then the second was the actual development of the software, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So I mentioned Frito-Lay and one of the things that we did was literally we, we created a platform to like minimize the gap, which was literally, I don't remember the, the seconds, but it was like 0 0.002 seconds on a chip line. How do we do that? Wow. With that, that 0 0.00 whatever, it meant millions of dollars. Yeah in their production line. And so we developed a program to implement across their manufacturing plants in order to achieve that. Cool. So <clears throat> with radio, it was more that soft sell in a sense that I'm selling air, right? Like right. just intangible. It's not like here, I made you this cup and here you go. Mm -hmm. It was not transactional in that sense, but it was transactional in the sense that it is something that can tangibly grow your business, something that can tangi tangibly improve your marketing presence and the visibility in, in, a, in a market. Mm -hmm. And so it was definitely different, but what I loved about it is because it actually worked, right? When you, it's difficult, you know, there's obviously in the social world and we're so digital right now, but that, I mean, that wasn't relevant eight years ago, really, mm -hmm. you know, really and truly. Um, or 10 years ago, 11 years ago, but, um, you needed tangible things to really grow your business, right? Well, how was somebody ever going to know that I just opened this company, mm -hmm. you know? And so it was cool to see different industries all trying to get to the same goal. And it was to be more visible and to make more money really mm -hmm. at the end of the day. And so I would sit down with these business owners and, um, and maybe I was a little bit different coming from a different background than some people. Like I wasn't really like a, a commission sales background type of person, but I was really genuinely interested. Like, okay, well, how, how do you actually grow your business? Like, what are you doing? You know, and how, you know, how are you implementing, right? We're running radio, but these only bring people to your door. Like, what are you doing after the sale? Mm -hmm. How is that working? You know, and so I was really genuinely interested. And the businesses and the people that I got to meet in that time frame, it was just really interesting. And I think, again, all along, you kind of feed that entrepreneurial spirit and that craving for something else. Mm -hmm. and, I, and so, again, it just all kept kind of coming to a head until I was kind of forcefully put into my own company. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I definitely, uh, we will get to that because yeah. that's going to be a huge thing. What I'm curious though, uh, like in the sales job at Microsoft mm -hmm. and then at iHeart also, yeah. you were, um, you were selling kind of, you were selling something that you weren't actively working on once the sale happened, if that makes sense. So how did, uh, how did you, maybe I'm speaking about iHeart in particular, but how did you kind of communicate what uh, the effectiveness mm -hmm. of what you were selling was gonna be? How did you convey something that you're going that your company is going to deliver whenever you were talking to the business owners? So like the original sale? Yeah. Um, well, at first, you know, at first with anything is you just kind of, you didn't really know, right? So if I'm honest, when I first started working for, it was Clear Channel at the time, I wasn't really sure if this was going to work for, mm -hmm. you know, I'm like, I did all the training and all the PowerPoints and, you know, like all this corporate stuff. And I was like, okay. 
So here we go. Now, thankfully, I will say, I was able to come in and I had some existing accounts. Okay. So I didn't have everything cold, um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but I didn't have much. I had just a couple. And so I was able to go back and ask these existing clients, like, well, why do you still do this? Okay. Right? So does this, it's working for you, obviously. Yeah. And like, what is that measure of success? Does it literally just mean more money coming in the door or is it, is it interaction with the community? Like, what is, what is the temperature on what, this? Like, why are you still spending this money? And what did they tell you? Well, a lot of it, obviously, well, they would make more money. Okay. Whatever they would run on the radio, they would get request about, right? Oh, uh, okay, right. So if I'm, let's say if I'm a grocery store and we're running a meat special, they yeah. would, people would come in and ask for the special. And um, I'm like, okay, well, that makes sense, you know? And this, at the time, websites were really just like getting fancy, right? Mm-hmm. And so they're like, oh, well, we're now, like, have this website. And so now we're getting traffic when we run and... And, um, and so, yeah, I mean, a lot of it, it wasn't about for most small businesses at that time, it was not about like brand visibility. It was about, are you bringing dollars to yeah. my bottom Making line? Making sales, doing yeah. deals, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Now it's a little bit different, but. Yeah. So what, um, is it, was it a, cause you did all of it here, I'm assuming in Baton, yeah, Rouge, Baton Rouge, local companies. So, um, on average, uh, <laughs> just because I'm curious, what was it, was it a struggle to get small business owners to do that type of uh, advertising? Most small business owners kind of um, pause at the, you know, marketing expense. Totally. So what was that, what was kind of your pitch around that, if I can get some insight or knowledge? Sure, that was difficult for me. And Mm -hmm. um, at first, when I came in, I was like, I just can't understand like why these companies aren't spending this money. Well, part of that was just the naivety of not even knowing what small business owners struggled with, mm. you know? And so when I opened my own business, I was very, I was much more credible because I was spending my own money at that point. But mm. um, I was like, you can't spend $10,000 a month on advertising. Like, what? Don't you want to grow <laughs> your business? Like, I don't understand, you know? And obviously putting together packages that were not the right scale for them. So the scalability of what I was presenting came with experience of understanding what the small business owner actually went through. Yeah. Right. And Mm -hmm. sure you have these companies in a small and a medium market like Baton Rouge that are spending, you know, hundred thousand dollars a month, you know, tens of thousands of dollars a month on advertising. But realistically, that's not, that's not a reality for a small business. Yeah. And so that took a minute to like digest Mm -hmm. and, for me to to build the credibility to illustrate that you can still do this and advertise, but it doesn't have to be to the scale. It's not what you think it is, mm-hmm. you know. And but it took me a minute to get to that point. And then what? Um, so was some of the? I know you've said there's been a few things that have built up to you starting um, Avantu, but was interacting with a lot of those small business owners did that kind of you were like, oh, I can, I can run a small business type thing. Or was that an inspiration partly uh, for you to start? Um, what was the original idea of starting Avantu? I guess I should ask. That's a better so, question. Um, well, I'm the sole owner now, but I was not, I have not always been the sole owner. Mm-hmm. Um, and originally it kind of started with we, a friend of mine and I would go to this other place in Baton Rouge um, and it was honestly terrible, but we were spending like... I was like, about to say, not to be named. <laughs> yes, I'm not going to name them. They are still in business. <clears throat> but 
it was honestly terrible. And I was spending like $100 a month doing it. And I'm like, and I literally looked at her one day and was like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, <laughs> I could totally, like, yeah, we could totally we could do, do better. better. Yeah. You know? Cool. She was like, absolutely, we're doing it better. You know? <laughs> and like, that was literally like an off the cuff conversation. Super silly. And then maybe a, a couple weeks later, I don't remember the exact timeline, but a couple weeks later, my sister is an esthetician mm. and she was just talking about how frustrated she was with the quality of aesthetic career in Baton Rouge. You know, she was like, I mean, you either have one thing or another and I, and I want to tread lightly here. I don't want to be like offensive to any one particular thing, but um, you know, she was like, there's just no middle lane that really truly cares about the surface of the skin. Right. Okay. There's a lot of things you could do for a prescription. There's a lot mm. of things that you can, you know, laser on and off. But there's this huge middle lane that really there's a ton that you can do to fix somebody's skin without being so invasive, you know. And like I said, I want to tread lightly here because I don't want to discredit one thing or another. Um, all of this, which is what I'm looking forward to getting into, all of this <laughs> is over my head. So I'm okay. trying to follow you here. <laughs> but. And so she's like, you know, I'm just disappointed. You know, there's mm. so much science behind the epidermis and dermis of someone's skin that you really can manipulate and change. And the skin that you have is not the skin that you have to have, basically, is kind of what it boils down to. And so she was really frustrated. And there was just not a space that was really um, centered on transforming skin. Right. And um, that's really what she was passionate about. And then so, you know, a friend of mine, Nicole, and I were joking about, oh, we could do this, you know, beauty bar better. And mm -hmm. she's over here complaining. And I was like, wait a minute, but time out. Like, why don't we actually do that? Like, oh, how hard could it be? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. OK. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was literally like the joke. Like, OK, well, let's just do it. Cool. Mm, OK. You know, I'm like, well, hope you can be like the skin expert and. You know, like, I'll help you, like, I don't know, like, do the marketing and the business side of things. And then, I don't know, Nicole, you know, help us. We can get the loan. And so that's what we did. I mean, we really didn't know what exactly we were doing. But I don't think really anybody knows truly yeah. what they're doing when they, quote, start a business. Right. They don't have their ducks in a row. You just found a problem and thought you could do it better. And then totally. figured it out on the way. Yeah. Would you, that's how you would describe it? Um, hundred <laughs> percent. So like literally fast forward, like a couple months into the, into opening, my sister was like, nope, time out. I'm out. She's nope. I don't want to be a business owner. This whole hiring, firing thing, yeah. like the taxes. Nope. Yeah. I don't want any part of it. Like wash my hands. I'm done. So we bought her out. And then a couple years later, you know, I ended up buying Nicole out and then brought on another partner, which I recently bought out again. And so it's like, you know, in the beginning, um, Nicole was more of like a silent partner anyway from the beginning. Mm -hmm. um, but when Hope pieced out, and I say pieced out, she was just like, no, nah, I don't want to like yeah. do the business owner thing. Yeah, uh, totally understandable. But I, I did not know anything about skin. Right. Like nothing. She was the expert. Yeah, I'm yeah. like you were supposed to be like, the person in the spa, like right. I still have a full-time job. I'm at iHeart, right? Full-time. And I don't, what do you mean? Like, like you're out, you know? And so literally I had to take like a crash course in aesthetics and skin really? and like in spa management. <sighs> and I've totally screwed up a whole bunch, like a whole bunch, like, you know, over the past eight years. But 
um, I really didn't have a choice. My name was on the loan. (laughs) And so like I wasn't (laughs) interested in defaulting on this loan. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. I so mean, you had the you had the struggle, and then you uh, you figured out a way to overcome it. That's cool. And I will say, I mean, our clients more than anything have been the most gracious because, I mean, they've stuck by even though I didn't know what I was doing. You know, they still trusted the brand and they still trusted the process. And we mm-hmm. had great educators on our on the skincare side, um, and. I chose a company that was female owned and female operated for our skincare line. And it's called Rhonda Allison. And they were fantastic. They were like, we will teach you everything that you need to know. Like, do not panic. Sweet. Do not fret. Like, we've got your back. Was it ran, Was it run by Rhonda and Allison? Is that- <laughs> well, Rhonda Allison's just one person. But <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Well, it's two first names. I'm I know. But um, <laughs> yes. And so she ran it and she had, you know, um, a couple other like executive underneath her. Okay. <laughs> and they were based out of Dallas. And um, at the time, they were not like super well known. Their, their, their footprint is fantastic now. And it's, you know know, much larger, but I mean, we were one of their OG clients, you know, they only had like a handful of salons around the country at this time. Mm -hmm. And we were one of their like, you know, tried and true peeps. Cool. Um, so they really helped me. And one of the reasons that now, obviously they are fantastic. We have, I don't even know how many skincare lines at this point I have tried and tested. I mean, I would say just dozens and dozens, but (laughs) I've stuck with them because they're their quality is unmatched. And also I think because they were so there for me and so mm. loyal to me mm. at that point in the business that I just feel very loyal to them. Mm. I say this like every episode, but <clears throat> literally every sentence you say, there's like, like yes, please do that. There's a, <laughs> I just have like all these other questions. I was like, man, I want to ask this I want to ask this. So, uh, because you mentioned how, well, thank you very much. Um, because you're an OG client of Miss Rhonda Allison, uh-huh. and she was so good to you, uh, in your opinion, in your experience yeah. uh, as a salesperson and owning a business, um, what, how important are relationships in maintaining and growing your business? I think it's everything, but I also think it's the hardest thing to do. Okay. Um, it's critical, right? That these, Hardest to do, but you have to do it. You have to do it. Um, and it's still something that I struggle with right now. So even like our members, we have members at the spa and they pay like a monthly membership fee to Mm. get something we have, whether it's massage memberships or spray tan memberships or, you know, whatever, but spray tan, Carl, you heard that spray tans. That's all you, (laughs) (laughs) but those obviously are our most loyal clients, right? They spend money every single month. Like that money could go anywhere, but they're our most loyal clients. And sometimes just and not intentionally, you can take that for granted. Like, oh, well, they're, it's like your best friend. Like, oh, they're fine. Just move their appointment. No big deal. You know, you get very casual. Mm -hmm. And something that I'm pretty fierce about is like, I'm like, no, I want to be the least casual with them. Mm -hmm. Every time I see them, I want them to know that I appreciate what they've spent with me. And, um, And it is difficult because obviously like things get busy and you have the best of intentions sometimes and it doesn't pan out. But I think for, for me, um, especially the trials that we faced, I mean, in 2016 and then here we are again in 2020, Mm -hmm. um, 
that relationship has never been more critical for mm -hmm. me. And the loyalty and respect that they have given me and the, you know, fumbles that I've made as a business owner and whatever, they've just been so loyal. And, and I don't take that lightly, you know, that is something that's really important to me. Mm -hmm. Was the, was the membership something that you started out with or totally. something you added? Okay. No, totally started out with, I mean, you had gym memberships, Yeah, right. you know, and they're still not, I mean, there's a couple places that do it like national chains, but really no one locally. And, um, it only made sense to do mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. It, one of the things that's most difficult in this industry is to keep clients, right? I mean, there is a, you know, XYZ nail salon on every right. corner, literally every corner. I think in central there's 10, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. to keep mm -hmm. that client and to make them come to you every month is the most difficult thing. Mm. You know, it may be something where, you know, if you have, you know, a luxury item, well, that person's going to travel a distance to come to you. Mm. I am not that right? Like I am, I am for the most part, an item of convenience, right? Well, if I can't get my nails done here, I'm going to go somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Now they may come back and be like, okay, that experience was terrible. But at the same time, you have to fight for that repetition and you have to fight for that loyalty. So, I mean, the memberships not only allowed the loyalty to be a little bit more cushioned and built in, mm -hmm. but at the same time, it gave us an opportunity to build a relationship with somebody. Whereas like sometimes like a nail client or, you know, a spray tan client that could be very transient, right? Mm -hmm. Like you could come in and you could come out and I may never see them again. Mm -hmm. But when they know they have the opportunity to save money on services they are already getting every month and they come here a couple of times, they totally can experience the difference, right? Yeah. I mean, you come in and it's a beautiful place. The people are nice and that's wonderful, mm -hmm. right? That's great. But that doesn't mean somebody's going to stay. You know, you have to solidify a relationship with somebody in order for them to stay. So that's so mm -hmm. that would be your advice on how to um, keep customers coming back is that, yes, you can give them a good service. Yes, you can sell them a good product, but it's the personal interaction, 100%. knowing their name, yeah. asking about their life type thing yeah. that they feel welcome and they want to if it's out of their way or whatever, they want to come back and get oh, yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And once people typically stay with us for a couple of services, then for the most part, they stay loyal mm -hmm. because we truly do have a vested interest and are genuinely excited to see them and interact with them and do life with them. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the, um, I did just did a photo shoot, um, on Monday for the scout guide and two photo um, shoots in a week. Well, three. I three had photo shoots two Monday and then another today. So today's, nice. been, I mean, this week's been crazy. But, um, you know, in years past, we kind of did the more serious, like ivory dress, you know, like standing by the front desk, like really just whatever. Mm -hmm. This year, I was like, absolutely not. Like, honestly, what we do every day is like we're in the celebration business, right? People come here and they want to feel good. Mm -hmm. Like they want to, they don't want to hear that I'm having a bad day, mm -hmm. right? They want to come here and forget about what's going on in their life. They want to look pretty, feel pretty. They come here for something. And, um, you know, I always like tell people, I'm like, I feel better when my nails look good. Like I feel better when, you know, I feel more confident with myself. So people come here 
to escape a little bit and they come here to feel good and be happy and celebrate something. We do a ton of wedding parties and birthday parties and bachelorette stuff and, you know, like couples massages. And I mean, just so many different aspects of your life. Like when you're coming to a spa, that is typically an exciting event. Like Mm. you're, you look forward to it. Absolutely. You know? And so I I love massages. They're the best. They're the best. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So this photo shoot, I was like, no, we're going to do so fun. Like I put on a hot pink tutu and like we pop champagne. And I was like, our our goal should be to emit joy. Mm -hmm. And everything that we put out, that should be our feeling. And that should be what we walk into the spa with every day. Like it is our privilege to be with these women. It's our privilege to serve them. And it's our privilege for them to spend their money here. Mm Mm-hmm. Cool. That's awesome. Um, is that, so how has that evolved, I guess, um, since you opened the business? Your what you're describing sounds like you really have a, and, and it has even evolved lately, but yeah. a really good handle on the brand and the mm-hmm. experience that clients should have. So was that, uh, did you have similar strong ideas in the beginning or was it, there's kind of like a figuring it out phase as you grew or? I think at the beginning, I did have a strong um, conviction for quality of what we did, right? Mm-hmm. Like I wanted really high quality services, but I wanted it to be that a price that pretty much everybody could afford, you know? Um, so I had a strong conviction about that. Um, but as far as what the brand represented, it took me a while to figure that out. I knew in the beginning that I really felt passionate about our obligation to the clients. Um, I felt passionate that we should never take that for granted, right? We should not come in here and unload our burdens on a client, like Mm -hmm. never, you know, that's not the time or the place. But um, I also, I hadn't walked through, I think enough. And like I said, I've mentioned this this 16 flood when we almost lost everything um, and had to close both businesses. And then again, this year in 2020, I almost lost both businesses and had to close everything. I think the, those trials have made me more and more fierce about how grateful I am for loyalty. Hmm. Cool. Yeah. Um, man, that's uh, interesting that you bring that up. So the, in the flood in 2016, did this building flood? No. Okay. Three inches from flooding. Wow. Yeah. Um, but just the effect of that on the community. The economy, right. Yeah. In this in this particular community in Central. Right. Um, and so I, I guess I'm, I'm kind of yeah. wondering what your um, what were your thoughts at night um, during the and then the, I know that during COVID, everyone was shut down for a long time. What were totally. as a business owner with, you know, however many em, dozen employees or dozens yeah. of employees you have. Um, what were your thoughts at night going through those two particular times? So 2016 was interesting because we literally, the flood happened and then Willow Grove opened within four weeks after that or five weeks after that. And, um, and so here we are a community that has, um, a community that was devastated the central at this location was devastated. And then I'm opening another location. So that one's obviously not Mm self-sufficient. This one cannot survive right now. Um, 
I didn't know what in the world we were going to do. You know, we were paying two company salaries out of this company mm. because obviously Willow Grove didn't have any income, right? It was brand new. And we had delayed opening for six weeks in the Baton Rouge location because of the flood. We mm. couldn't finish the permits out. And, but I had already hired all of our staff. Wow. And so, um, that was, I'm sorry, my daughter is calling me. And so it makes me nervous. I'm like, did we, I, by um, the way, you can, <laughs> we can stop if you we need to. <clears throat> no, we're good. I was just making sure. Yeah. I'd, oh, is that your phone over there? No. Yeah. She's uh, good. Okay. She'd keep calling. She called twice, but then she said, are you almost done? I'm like, no, <laughs> <laughs> just um, let me know. Uh, I don't want to. No, 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 no. It's I, totally fine. Okay. It's um, eight. So, but she, not she, um, so that was really crazy. Like that was, I don't know what in the world we were going to do. We were blowing through, you know, All our cash, cash reserves yeah. because I was like, I mean, I can't let these people go. You know, right. there was no relief for business owners at that time. Mm -hmm. So that was devastating. Um, we honestly, I have no idea how we made it through 2016. I really do not other than just God's provision. I have no idea how we paid people hmm. for two locations. I, I really don't know. I mean, I literally, there was a time I do specifically remember praying. I'm like, God, I am $6,000 short of this payroll. Mm. $6,000. What in the world am I going to do? I cannot continue to pull from my savings. Yeah. Like nothing. And then I, I, I literally had no idea. I was like, I, I, I mean, I, I've never been, a, you know, like I didn't know. I was out, was totally out of money. And then, um, Kendra Scott called me out of nowhere. Like I had never done a partnership with them, like nothing. And they were like, Hey, we wanted to gift you guys. Wow. These, these pieces of jewelry and that if you, you could, you can use them however you want. Um, and all you have to do, like what we would say is like what we would recommend is attach like a gift card to it. So you sell the gift card and you get this piece of jewelry, hmm. right? Like as just a thank you, whatever. And I was like, oh, awesome. And I was like, well, I don't, I guess I don't know really what to do. I said, I guess I could sell like maybe $100 gift cards or something. I don't yeah. know, you know, to try to figure it out. We exactly made $6,000. That's crazy. Off wow. of that, promo. that promotion. Yeah. Wow. And we made payroll. And it literally like happened within like two days. You know, Dang. it was, it was really unbelievable. And they were a hundred dollar gift cards. Yeah. And you sold $6,000 worth. Yeah. In like two days. In like two days. Wow. That's amazing. It was unbelievable. But I mean, there's countless stories like that. Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, just, it's been, it's been crazy. And so, like I said, other than just, you know, God and a lot of crying and praying, like, <laughs> I really don't know how we survived 2016. Mm. Um, not to say it was easy. I mean... It was so difficult and we had just opened Willow Grove um, and it was still sad because the summer of 2017, right? 2016 had come and gone and everybody started to kind of, you know, maybe settle in. But then by the time the summer of 2017 hit, um, people were still not spending money though. Yeah. Right. They were still fixing their houses. Like they were still so services like a facial and lash extensions and manis and petties. I mean, it was just like, right. Well, you know, we'll wait on that. Mm -hmm. And then um, so finally by 2018, and I know this seems crazy, but it took us that long to stabilize out again. Really? Yeah. Hmm. And then so finally by 2018, you know, we were just getting stable. 
2019 was a great year. I mean, a banner year. And so we were like feeling so good. Right. And then um, at the end of 2019, um, I kind of bought out of that other partnership, my other partner. And then the beginning of 2020, all these rumors of in February shutdowns and this and that. And I was like, oh, no way. No way. And then we were closed for three months in 2020. You're closed for three months? Yeah. Did not know that. Yeah. 12 weeks. No one came in here for three months. Nope. Wow. Did you have to like let everyone go during that? Well, in the beginning, um, I made a promise to the employees. I was like, no matter what, like you guys are going to get paid. Obviously, we didn't know what was going to happen. Of course. Yeah. Everyone thought it was two weeks or whatever. So I was like, y'all are going to get paid. Do not even worry about it. I was like, if I have to pay you. And if my husband, like, if he says, if you pull money out of this savings account (laughs) one more freaking time, like, oh my gosh. Um, But, you know, he's like, um, no, I I told him, I was like, I, we're going to, y'all are going to get paid. Don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. Like what I, what I don't want you to do is stress. Like, that's my job. I'll handle the stress. You go home with your family. And what I didn't know, obviously, is that we're going to be shut down for three months. But, um, and we put every penny that we could into payroll and we still had to pay rent in one of our locations. Mm -hmm. Um, we still had to pay obviously utilities. Mm -hmm. We still had to pay insurance. We still had to pay taxes. We still had to pay all these other things that never stopped. Mm -hmm. Um, and when PPP came, you know, we obviously we did get PPP funds and I was like, this is a saving grace. Like this is fantastic. And it was for a minute, right? We were able to pay everybody and I wasn't stressing about it. And then we were still in quarantine. And then we were then still unable to furlough anybody as the rules of PPP. Mm. So what was a blessing ended up being a dramatic curse Mm. because I wasn't making any money and I couldn't let anybody go or it wouldn't be forgiven. Right, wow. So my staff of 24 had to be maintained for three months. Wow. When I only got eight weeks or seven weeks or so of actual funding. Mm. Insert anti-government statement here. Totally. I always make one of those, at least one of those per episode. Yeah. So, um, so, the, so after three months, you were able to, I assume, open back up with some restriction. Yeah, and 25% capacity. Okay. So how has um, the last seat, that would have been what? Uh, April, May, June. So since y'all opened up in June, June, yeah. Um, so how has it been for since June till now, the beginning of January, twenty one? Um, summer was super slow. People were really scared to come out. They were, you know, nervous because honestly, we're in close contact with one another. Um, even though we're like super high sanitary guidelines, you know, like everything is super safe. Um, I mean, our clientele just wasn't back fully. Now, obviously there's some people like just, Oh my God, do my nails. I don't care if you breathe in my face, you (laughs) know, like (laughs) do my lashes, do, you know, you know, there, that's the vanity in all of us. You know, I couldn't wait. I was doing, you know, Facebook live videos on how to remove your gel and acrylic polishes, you know, like (laughs) there is, there's some, you know, something to be said about women just want to look pretty. Like, I don't care how much it costs. Like we just want to be pretty. Um, so there was obviously that component, but the consistency of it was totally different, right? We had all gone three months without getting haircuts and getting Mm. our eyebrows waxed and getting our lashes done and getting nails done and getting spray tans and this and that. So it's like, well, I mean, if I have to wait another month, it's fine. Mm -hmm. It's fine. So where people may have come in twice a month, 
they were coming in once every eight weeks. Mm. So while people started to come in, it was not to the level of what it was, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, take that for what it is. Um, you know, at the end of our life, will having your nails done be that important? <laughs> I mean, no, but it makes us feel good. And we do things that make us feel good, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the nature of our human beings. Like we seek happiness in all things. Mm. And, um, and so we have found that over the past six months, that has been the challenge to overcome. Not that we're not, quote, busy, but we, it's been difficult to become profitable again. Okay, yeah. Because just like a restaurant, you have to turn over so many tables a yeah. night in order to become profitable, right? You could be there and there could be 10 tables next door and they look busy. But being busy and being profitable are two totally different things. Right. So the effort to become profitable again has been the goal. And, you know, at the end of the year, I said, if I can't make a profit by December, like, I can't continue, mm -hmm. you know? And, you know, obviously we did two months in a row and that's fantastic. And so January is slower. Obviously it's always slower, but, you know, so we accounted for that. Um, but it's been touch and go for almost a year mm. for two wow. locations and that sucked. Yeah, no doubt. Totally. What's, um, mm -hmm. so besides the obvious in incredible amounts of stress and things like that, yeah. um, but the time you spent trying to figure out and, you know, moving money around and those types of things. But, um, what were some of the things that you thought of or tried to do differently just because of this long-term struggle to try to, um, you know, boost business or, yeah. uh, or, keep people coming back? Like, had, did you lose a bunch of the, um, memberships through the last nine months? Honestly, we haven't. Really? Um, and that was one of the things that saved us. Mm -hmm. Um, our members stayed loyal. So our members covered some of our weeks of payroll and we said, look, um, we understand. Obviously we've all been impacted. If you can't keep your membership, we want to keep your benefits because we don't want you to just lose them. You know, um, if you can keep your, your membership, that will be so incredibly helpful, you know? So what we did is we, they paid for their benefits. So let's say if they had a Manny Petty membership, they paid for it, but rather than those benefits expiring, we held them so that they could redeem them at any point. Okay. Right. So yeah. they never lost anything that they purchased. They mm -hmm. just, we held them. Gotcha. Yeah. So, I mean, that was huge. I mean, Again, and, and, and like I said before, our memberships, you can take them for granted a lot sometimes, you mm -hmm. know, right, it, right. it's like your closest friend, you can take them for granted, but really and truly at the end of the day, they're, they're going to be people, they are yeah. going to be the people who bail you out and stand by you when other people always won't. come through in the clutch, yep. best friends for sure. Um, so <clears throat> to backtrack a little bit, um, what was your, just kind of out of the blue question a little bit, but back at the first day, um, when this place opened the very first day, yep. what was your feeling, uh, that morning whenever you came up here and like, it was grand opening day, what yeah. were your, what it was were your June emotions? 26th, okay. 2013. Boom. Got the date. And I was freaking pumped. You know, I mean, you're so giddy. It's like, you don't yeah. even know like what's to come. You don't, you don't know anything else. And so I was so excited. Like this is something cool. Like this is mine. You know, this mm -hmm. is, this is just a really cool feeling. 
Um, people are coming here and spending their money, you know, wow. Like that's awesome. I remember like our first month, I think we, we might've made, so we opened at the very end of June. So technically June wasn't, you know, our month, but our first month, I think we made $2,500 or something like that. It was I don't know. It was really, it's not even the size that it was now. It was much smaller. Oh, like okay. we had one room. It was one, you know, really? So I was so pumped. I was like, Oh my gosh, yeah. you know, <laughs> but then I also realized that I couldn't keep staff and only make that much money. Right. Right. Yeah. Like I, I was like, Oh shoot. Well that's not, you know, we'd obviously borrowed more money to buffer those operating costs. Mm-hmm. And then I was excited that we made that money. But then when I looked at what it cost me to run the business and then what <laughs> I made, I was like, uh Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, I was so pumped though, just proud that like, like, Oh, like I did it. You I got like this. a loan yeah. from the bank and I like did like, this is so adult. Mm-hmm. Like this was crazy. It was crazy. <laughs> um, okay. Per- mm-hmm. Perfect. So now, uh, an opposing or an opposite question, contrasting question. There yes. we go. Uh, I think you said it was like a couple months that your sister decided to, yeah. that she didn't want to uh, remain. So mm-hmm. what was your feeling mm-hmm. the day after all of that kind of unfolded? I mean, there was only a couple months after that first day like when you were pumped. what the actual... <laughs> <laughs> right. So, that, that was my feeling. Okay. Gotcha. And so, so how did you get through that? I mean, you mentioned that you had to do it all yourself. Totally. Um, there, so is that is that kind of what with your... Uh, Microsoft job, the iHeart job, and then going through the after the first couple of months of Avon two, and then sixteen and twenty, is it you just you have to do it? So like you just have to figure it out. Yeah, basically. Okay. And one of my favorite things that I was ever told in my whole life, and I don't even remember who told me this, but it's also a Bible verse. But it's joy comes in the morning, right? No matter mm. what shit today has thrown at you mm-hmm. you need to go to bed and give that to god because new joy will come in the morning so it doesn't really matter right like it doesn't matter what happened today tomorrow's a new day and it, the problem is going to still be there mm-hmm. but i can have a new perspective tomorrow yeah and and at some point i'm gonna figure it out like it may not be what I want or it may not be the perfect solution. Um, but I've been thrown a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff, a lot of mistakes, a lot of hurdles. And the only thing that I can think of is you just keep, you put one foot in front of the other and you just keep going because the next day is something different. The Mm -hmm. next day is something new. And, while you have a little bit of darkness in the trial, there is still joy in that. You know, there's joy in everything. And whether you choose to see it or not is obviously up for debate. But, right. you know, there is joy in everything. And there's joy in every single day if you can choose to find it. That's great. And great to hear you say also, because if I may say just uh, observing, I guess, for the last eight years. On the outside, it doesn't look like you've had a struggle at all. Yeah. And you've just been crushing it. So It's Facebook fake. Of course, <laughs> right. Um, but that's all, it's always, it's always cool to hear, yeah. I guess, you know, because most people, whenever they see somebody successful, you know, air quotes, yeah. successful, um, it's like, oh, they just, they just did it or they got yeah. lucky or 
or whatever. But, um, and I guess this is calling back a little bit to the lessons for your girls. Um, but it is like, people don't see whenever you're crying at night and, uh, like when you don't know what to do and, and all that stuff. Um, my family sees that, but most people don't, Right. you know, and, and I joke like Facebook fake, haha. I have been called fake a lot in my life. Mm. And I'm like, they just don't know me. Like, mm-hmm. if you ever took a moment to ask me, I would never. I'm very honest about what happens and the struggle. But at the same time, I'm not going to put that. I don't want to. I don't want to emit that energy out. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. again, I choose joy. Mm-hmm. So, in a, from a social setting, I'm going to put what I want to receive. And so I put joy out there and and the highlights of my life because that's what I want to see. You know, I don't post for other people. I post because I want to, this is what I want to see. Mm-hmm. And this is what I want to feel. And this is what, you know, I want my children to know the truth of. Mm-hmm. You know, like I don't want to sit here and drag them through. I mean, they see it. They, they know the struggle. They know how difficult it is. You know, and my husband owns a business and they they know from a loyalty perspective from his business. And so they know the reality of it. But just because we live in that reality and we know that it exists doesn't mean that that's the swamp I have to sit in. Mm. You know, right. Don't wallow. Just no. push forward and totally. wait for the morning. Right. Totally. Um, OK, shift gears a little bit. Totally. I want to, um, I want to get a little feminine here. Great. I want I guess I'm not going to get feminine, but, um, I don't know anything about your, like, you know, the details of the products and services that you sell because Mm -hmm. I'm not a customer. Um, oh, Carl's on your website right now looking at stuff. Actually, he's (laughs) shopping. He's going to, he's going to book us a couple. You can buy There's a, there's a tab at the top. It says (laughs) buy gift certificate. You just click that button. I have come in here and bought a couple of gift certificates (laughs) before, but, um, so I, uh, so tell me about the things that Avant, actually, I didn't ask you this when we were talking about the business. What is Avant too? Like, what does that mean? And how'd you come up with it? So it's French. Okay. And it means before all. Before all. Yeah. Okay. So I am obsessed with French culture. I am of French descent. Nice. And um, I just love, I just love it. Like everything about that, that culture, it just speaks to me. And so when I was opening a spa, it was, I wanted the decor and the feel to be very French inspired. And so, um, you know, avant-garde means, you know, very cutting edge and, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And um, like before trendy, right? And so um, originally I wanted the name just to be two. Like, but that does not translate well (laughs) for like a, just a Southern person and the feminine, like the feminine correct pronunciation of the word it just didn't work out okay (laughs) so we had to like really kind of tweak some things and it's actually my husband who put the two words together nice props props to him and so um so avant two means before all Mm. and you typically come to a spa before something right before a fun occasion before a wedding before a baby shower you know before you're going out on a date you want to look your best you want to feel your best so preemptively before you do all of those things you go to the spa you get a facial you get a dermaplane nail spray tans waxed and so it really was kind of like the primer to the paint cool 
Very yes. cool. Um, okay, so now tell me about yes. some of the things that y'all do here. And so, then I'm going to have to ask you like what they are, right, okay. which I actually am legitimately <laughs> interested in because I've just seen some stuff, especially like lately, it seems like they have all these new things oh that my you can gosh. do for your skin. Everything like, has evolved. Right. And, so I mean, I, I may be a guy, yes, but whenever I'm 50, I want to look like I'm 30. Like I'm not for ashamed sure. to say it. So anyway. I mean, it's, it has never been more. Now is the like best complicated time. in the beauty world. Honestly, okay. there's so many things and there's so like so many like influencers have all these like at home products. Right. And you've that's got, true. I mean, honestly, like you're getting the, sold at all the, all the oh time. Oh my gosh. It's yeah. been insane. So that's been crazy to keep the integrity of what an actual in spa experience is and what it, it like, you know, this quote, like dermablasion, you know, at home kits and these like microderm rollers. I don't know them, but and, okay. Oh my gosh. Like at home beauty stuff? Is yeah. That, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like what is the differentiation of the two? And then like, well, it's a huge, like vast okay. gap. Right. But, you know, when you're scrolling on Instagram and somebody like, ooh, like this, yeah. this I can is do it great. Myself. I can just I'm do it buy myself. It. Right. I'll just spend $200 on this roller and it'll Whew. build up bacteria in my drawer. And I'm going to just roll that on my face. That sounds, <laughs> that sounds like a good idea. But I mean, trust me, we have seen it all. Um, so what we do, okay. um, so Avant 2 and our little like new tagline is it's all about you, right? We are head to toe beauty for the most part. So we do everything from waxing and full body waxing. Not everybody does full body waxing, but we do all full body waxing, um, facials. We do massage, nails, spray tans, lash extensions, makeup. And we dabble in hair. I say we dabble in hair because we have some artists who work freelance for us and they do a lot of our weddings, like for updos or proms. They do updos and stuff like that. So not like a cut, but... No. If you need to get some fancy hair done, for sure. they can take for care of it. For sure. Got it. For sure. Yeah. Cool. Uh, and then did you say massage? Massage yes. is awesome? Oh, did I? I did. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if I said it, but we definitely do massage. Gotcha. Um, okay. few questions here and some of them will be dumb questions. Great. But, um, you know, I'm always trying to learn. That's the point of the podcast. Um, should I get a facial? And if so, why? Yes. Well, 100% you have a beard. I do have a beard. Yes. And so... I'm going to ask you about that too. Typically, when guys have beards, their skin underneath is pretty dead mm-hmm. and needs to be exfoliated, right? Okay. You don't shave your face. So, no. And this is just warning to everyone listening. It's a little gross. But okay. uh, I do have like some beard oil and then yes. I have a brush also. Uh-huh. Well, that's good. I've kind of been getting into, you know, trying to yeah. make it... Look, I can't look as good as Carl. Carl has a great beard. We're all trying to be like Carl. Uh, I'm but, like, yeah, y'all both have a beard. I'm yeah, like, yeah. It's look, a thing. We have a beard uh, facial, so... <laughs> perfect. So I was looking at the, at the brush a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. and I was like, what's this on my brush? And yeah, it was dead skin. So I had to wash it all off and everything. So, okay. Everything checks out so far in my limited knowledge of what you said. So, uh, so is it, so the facial is just total cleaning of the dirt and the dead skin. Most like the, literally the most, one of the two most asked questions is why do I have dry skin? I put so much moisturizer right. on. I put this oil. I put freaking coconut oil. I put. Right. I bathed in you know whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, well, you have dead skin because it's not exfoliated off, and it's not dry skin. It's dead skin, and okay. dead skin obviously 
presents like dry skin because mm-hmm. it's flaky and it's on the surface of the skin. And so the way that your skin works is each night it's supposed to exfoliate off, right? Like your skin turns over at night. Okay. That's why you should do the most expensive products on your face at night. Okay. Because Good it, tip. Yeah. Like there's certain products and they cost a lot like your vitamin A and your retinols because they help rejuvenate the skin. They turn over the skin. They keep it more youthful okay. at night. Got it. Um, during the day, your skin's fighting free radicals from the sun and trying to protect itself from like all the things, the pollutants in the air. So it can't restore itself. It's fighting during the day. Okay. So at night, it rests and restores. So theoretically, your skin should turn over all that skin, but it doesn't. It's like tartar on your teeth. It becomes sticky Uh and most people don't exfoliate their skin properly. And so over time it just builds up and builds up and builds up and builds up. And so it just is nasty and it's full of texture and you're like, okay, I look old. Like, why does my face look like this? I'm looking, I'm like, (laughs) what happened? Well, it, a lot of it is literally just dead textured skin that needs to be removed. Interesting. Okay. And you're not really going to do a good job of that at home. Okay. So if I wanted to try to get better at that, totally. how do I exfoliate my skin? Just like scrub it really hard or? Well, there are scrubs that you can do at home. And so that is like the, I would call the over the counter prescription for dead dry skin is to do scrubs at home. So is that like, so if I take a guy's dry skin body wash and then do not put that on your face don't put it on my face no okay so what is so what so a face a face exfoliation yes that's what i need for my face well like your facial skin and your body skin are they're different okay right the the texture on your face and the skin on your face is thinner it's more prone to sensitivities and reactions. Well, your skin, like on your actual body, is thicker. It's more resilient. So in your body wash, I guarantee you one of the top three products is alcohol on your, okay. quote, dry skin <laughs> body wash. And I know alcohol dries you out, right? Totally. Okay. I knew that much. Well, you'll feel good for a minute. Refreshing. And, and then your skin dries out again. Well, you right. have to keep buying this stuff because it's it helped you right out of the shower. So uh, why, you know? But so maybe they do that on, do they do that on purpose? Keep you buying their products? For sure. Just greedy capitalists? For sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's but, like Coca-Cola. Like, yeah, it's addicting. Like, yeah, like all of, you know, like all of these like additives and, and things. You have to just be careful what you buy over the counter because a lot of them use cheap products and stuff right. like that. But I won't get on that soapbox. But um. <laughs> Yeah, so you definitely don't want to use what you put on your body on your face. Okay. Right? Like the I men's, use, the men's yeah, like three this. in one shampoo, conditioner, body wash. I love like those. I love that. <laughs> that it's like is one like, thing, I just know. do my hair, my face, my it's it's incredible. Like that's that's not a good option. Okay. <laughs> I'll try not to, Carl. Carl's talking like he does everything perfect. He's like, oh, shame on you. <laughs> but yeah, so it's totally different types of skin, totally different, you know, totally different things. Got it. Um So is the facial a reset? Of that? Like For it sure. just handles it. Like, totally. So I could come in and get one facial and I'll look like I'm 23. 100%. Wow, that's a good pitch. 100%. Okay, cool. I'm over 30, so that's a great pitch. I mean, not Me and Carl might have off. to come back for couples massages and, <laughs> and facials, facials with our wives. We were both married. I mean, just like, okay, so here's the thing. It's like, like when you go to the gym, right, and you get this workout regimen. I haven't been to the gym lately either. You're making <laughs> me feel terrible. And you like bust your butt at the gym and you're feeling so good and you 
go, but then you go back at home mm-hmm. and you're eating nachos and like you're just, yes. you know, I mean, nachos are Junk freaking food. delicious, yes. but you see what I mean? Like you see like that paradigm, right? right? So when people come to the spa and they get that reset and they're ready to go back out into the world, just a fresh new baby face, right? Well, they don't wear sunscreen. Mm. They don't wash their makeup off at night. They're not using a vitamin A. They're not using a retinol. Like, okay. What's a, what is vitamin A and ret? What is retinol? Is that just a chemical or? I mean, it is technically a vitamin A. Okay. So like you would use a vitamin A that's more of like your rejuvenators at night. You just like you rub know? it on. Yes. Okay. At night. Got at it. Night? Yeah. Okay. Um, so it's like you, you need your vitamin C in the morning, like your glass of orange juice in the morning. Uh-huh. So your vitamin C like helps protect your skin and just like vitamin C helps protect your body. It fights those free radicals. It protects your body. The vitamin C on your face protects your face from the skin, from the sun and the skin damage that can occur from that. Okay. And then you have vitamin A at night. Got it. For rejuvenation. For rejuvenation. This is fantastic information. I feel like I'm taking advantage I'm- of getting all this information <laughs> from you. Um, okay. So Tori, my wife, my wonderful wife, um, she has said since, we, I think since we've been married, she's like, let's go get a manicure she mainly wants me to get a pedicure for sure right uh but i'm always like do you have like dragon feet or do you have like decent feet uh, that's a matter of opinion <laughs> my feet are wonderful they're great they do what i need them to do they're awesome man they're man, man feet. feet i guess <laughs> tori would say otherwise um but so she's been saying and i always say i'm not getting a pedicure like that's Ladies get pedicures. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to get a pedicure. Not true. Um, so give me your best pitch on why I should get a pedicure. I'm not going to show you my feet. Not that you want, not that I you mean, want I to see them. I mean, I do not want you to take good. your boots okay, off. Good. Okay, good. I'm glad we're not doing that. <laughs> I don't want to dive into that sort of podcast. But um, no, so, so I think it's important for men to take care of their feet too, right? I mean, like even as we get I, I guess. I mean, it's just older, like I don't really want to. Well, know? let's just, let's just, let's okay. throw this out here. Okay. You're 70 years old and you can't even freaking cut your toenails. At that point, are you going to go like... I'll probably will have my wife cut them. <laughs> ha, no. Thank you, my loving wife. No, no she's going to be like, heck she's, no. Go get, no. She wouldn't do that now. So I don't know. What I, would I would think. never cut yeah. my husband's toenails. <laughs> like, <laughs> you've got to be freaking kidding me. Like, no. So, but I mean, just think about it. Like you, as you age, your fingernails and your toenails for the most part get harder they calcify like it's more difficult okay. to take care of yourself right okay. so you want to keep that hygiene up before you get like too far before gone it's a lost cause you know what i mean <laughs> yeah and not to say look for the most part i mean you can say old people's feet are gross that's that, that is not true i and don't want old do people not feet. like take my words out of context but <laughs> You know, it is difficult. Like you can't really like cut your own toenails like when you get older or when you're pregnant. I mean, you know, like it yeah. just there are certain times where you just okay, you want to like really take care of your your body and making sure that you know, you don't get ingrown toenails so you don't have cause for infection or anything like that. And obviously, like if someone else is doing that's a professional. Right. There. I mean, we have a lot of men that come in and that are members actually. So I hear. So I hear. Um, they get their toes done all the time. They get many patties. Okay. So if I was going to, you know, in some alternate universe, if I was going <laughs> to agree to do this, to do this pedicure, what is a pedicure? What, what happens when you get a pedicure? Well, they soak your feet so that your like epidermis is softer, right? So, so they, like hot water, you just, yeah, hot water. And, we okay. put, you know, like aromatherapy 
beads in the bottom and so that nice. it you know loosens opens the pores makes the epidermis a little bit more pliable okay and so you know we do we don't use those little cheese graters right okay. that's like a huge like sanitation hazard but we do skin everywhere <laughs> right it's like let me just take all your dead skin and yeah. just put it on you know whatever that's terrible but no we do like scrub the dead skin off um and then we clip the cuticles so that the nail bed looks really nice and fresh um, we cut out any ingrown toenails that are present. A lot of guys have ingrown toenails because of the boots they wear and the uh -huh. tennis shoes and stuff like that. Um, we have a lot of athletes that come in with ingrowns because of their, you know, um, training and stuff. Yep. And then you obviously cut the nails down and polish if you so wish, you know, no judgment either way. My sweet husband has had polish on his toes several times for my <laughs> children. But, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, that's the gist of it. Okay. Is there like a foot massage worked in there? Totally. Or? Okay, that's a good selling point for me. Foot massage. Yeesh. I, don't, I personally hate pedicures because I don't like people to touch my feet. Okay. I get them as a means of like necessity. Okay. I play a lot of tennis and so I break my toenails all the time. I, I mean, I have terrible, like really not beautiful toes because <laughs> I don't of believe tennis. You. <laughs> because of tennis. I don't believe you. And so it's like, ugh, I have to get them, but I hate people touching my feet. It's okay. awful. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't really have people touch my feet, so I guess I don't have an opinion, but <laughs> maybe we'll find out. <laughs> we'll find out. Um, okay. So what, uh, so this whole thing of, so what's dermablading and like, what is that? Oh gosh, there's so many things. Like, okay. Yeah. I don't want to open up Pandora's box too much here because there's like a whole world that we could just go into. So you have like dermaplaning, you have microderm, you have hydrofacials, you've yeah. got like so many modalities to deeply remove dead skin, right? So when you do an exfoliating like kit or scrub at home, you're literally just removing that very surface, superficial okay. top layer of skin. That is it. That's all you're removing. When you do something a little bit more aggressive, like a dermaplane, a microderm, a hydrofacial, a chemical peel, any of those things, you are removing multiple layers down, right? Okay. So not only is that going to help with pigmentation or age spots, sunspots, it's going to help with the texture. It's going to remove all dead, dry skin. It's going to really reveal a brighter skin. Like the skin that is showing to people like right now is is pretty weathered, right? I haven't had a dermaplane or any really facial in probably eight to, I don't know, eight weeks maybe. Um, I have one Monday, but nice. I haven't <laughs> had one in 31 uh, years. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like eight weeks. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. I might as well be 85, <laughs> but, um, so it reveals, I mean, you, you see these women like, God, they look fantastic for their age. It's, I mean, it's not by accident, right? Like that didn't just happenstance, you know, occur. I mean, mm. they really took the time and the money and the energy to make that happen. So is this like, I guess the way you're describing it, um, it's like working out for your face. Mm -hmm. Like if you want a six pack, you got to do all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And then if you get a six pack, you're taking care of your body because you're in great shape. Totally. Uh, and if you do all of these things right um, and natural and not with all the fake stuff, then you're basically taking care of your face for totally. the long term. Yes, okay. absolutely. And is it is it uh, is it like skincare mm -hmm. as critical on other parts of your body also? Like your arms see a lot of sun. Or I would say your hands, uh, specifically for like like men and women, like they're driving, right? Their hands are in the sun all day. Right. Well, I mean, that's 100% something that you don't put sunscreen on. Like you don't think about that. Mm -hmm. Well, 
I mean, I literally was doing some product shots on Monday with one of one of our photo shoots was all about products. And I had to squeeze products into my hand. And literally it was such a close up shot. I was like, like what (laughs) happened? Like, why do I look so decrepit? Like my hands look so well, your hands age significantly. And so does your lapel. And so Mm. does, you know, your neck and your chest area and stuff like that, because they're exposed to so much sun. I Mm. mean, sun is 100% the most aggressive aging component of anything out there. And it's because people don't properly, you know, sunscreen. Right. I do that. I have to because white skin. Ginger. Did we lose a camera? Oh, we're good? Okay. <laughs> Carl was adjusting things. Um, the, I mean, the light keeps beeping at me. Like, I just wasn't sure like, if, if I'm running out of time. Or oh, yeah. If I was like just a, you know. Okay, I think we're okay. Um, like, oh, are, we, are we running out of time? Oh, I'm fine. Okay, just double, want to double check. Yeah. Um, I had another question uh, about that, but now I'm forgetting, of course. Once, Sun, once hands. Yeah. Exposure. I, I can't know. remember. Um, um, okay. Let me ask you about um, tennis because I yes. know that. Well, actually, I saw. I mean, I've seen a couple of things about you posting about tennis, but I didn't realize you were such an avid tennis player. Absolutely. Sweet. So, uh, so how often do you play? Like three or four times a week. Oh wow! Like really avid. Do you play like? Is it couples or singles or all so, of the above? Or well, I captain two leagues. You captain two leagues. Okay. Yes. And um, I was going to ask you if you play like tournaments or league, but you yeah. were in two leagues. Okay. Yes. Wow. And then I play on another, another league team. And then I also, we have like something called like intra league, which is just within the country club of Louisiana. Like you have, we have like tournament style. That's actually where my husband chases tonight. They're playing, playing rounds with some of the other members. And so you didn't skip for this, did you? I did. Wow. <laughs> I did. I'm so flattered again. Thank you. I did. But, um, <laughs> Yeah. So I'm, again, I guess maybe back to my addictive personality. When I really commit to something, I'm like all in, Mm -hmm. I'm all in. Um, but it is really super fun. Super fun. I've only done, you know, when I was like in high school, when I was better in shape, but, Mm -hmm. uh, but Tori and I have talked about something that would you recommend that for people that want to like kind of stay in shape and have fun? Totally do it. Okay. Cool. I'm about to check it out. Yeah, I mean, like it is kind of intimidating it. because you're just kind of like, I really don't. It is. You know, you like you think like, oh, I'm just gonna hit the ball over the net. Right. But there's so much more to it, and then when you get out there, you're like, okay, I'm just gonna like, you know. So it takes a minute. Like it takes a, you know, but you don't have to be, you know, Serena to go and have fun right. and have a good time and stay in shape. Yeah. But I think it's something that. I got it. Well, I got into it because a friend of mine, I'm like, I have no hobbies, right? I have uh-huh. children. I work 700 hours a week. Like literally I don't invest in myself. Right. And so I want to do something. So a year and a half ago or two years ago, really a friend of mine was like, oh my gosh, well, we play tennis at the, at the country club of Louisiana. You absolutely need to come and play. And nice. I'm like, sure like why not you know like I could do that you know I'm super athletic Uh and I thought yeah sure why not like so I just went one day to one of their drills and I mean 
the bonus was I wear really cute outfits. And so like I was sold. It's like, it's like kind of like golf. Like when you golf, you can wear nice yeah. clothes that look a little funky, but they're kind of cool. So tennis is kind of, you get that aspect yes. also. Yes. And you're dressed very nice tonight. I know you, well, you, you, you like to dress well also. I do. It's like a, it's a big thing for me. I feel like you should take pride in your appearance. Mm-hmm. And so like, it's a, it's always been like a big pet peeve. You know, like when people like roll out of bed and like look a total yeah. train wreck. And I'm like, you do know it took you the same amount of time to put that janky pair of jeans on and a shirt on as it did to put nice jeans and a shirt on. Yeah. Like it's the same process. So, like, so it's if a, you, it, he's like, wah, wah. <laughs> hot so topic for Ellen. <laughs> if you, if you got your dream job again in Dillard's in the back, <laughs> yes. would you dress up for that job? Yes. Okay. So you wouldn't, so even I if you didn't see anybody, you'd still look. No. Nice. No. And, and wear heels? I would wear heels, yes. Nice. Okay. All it's right. a matter of personal pride. Right. Staying true to yeah. what you think looks good. Yeah. Um, since we have a break, I do remember what I was going to ask you about okay. a minute ago. Um, and, and I'm curious about this because there's different perspectives of it. If you're male or female or um, in, I guess, the beauty industry or out of the beauty industry. But uh, Botox or oh, yeah. like, you know whatever it's called now. I don't know. They probably have different mm-hmm. types of it. Tons of different types, but yeah. Um, but so I guess if I may be a little cliche, the whole Botox thing is, you know, these women get it and then their face faces are frozen. Um, like what's it? I was me, Tori That's and I were, a total like 90s image okay, of Okay, so th- this is why I'm asking. Okay. This is what I'm asking because I was, we were watching some YouTube video and uh, the famous lady that has a lot, and she like talks about it proudly. She has yes. a lot of, Botox and plastic surgery mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, anyway, so please educate me on what's available and if it's because a lot of people also think that mm-hmm. it's you know damaging or it you know permanently messes up yeah. whatever. But I am totally ignorant on the subject and uh, I only believe headlines. So yeah. educate me on the on it. And <laughs> Just if whatever comes across your Facebook feed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pretty much. You're like, yes, that's perfect. <laughs> no, okay. So totally, I am a like believer and I love it and I think it's fantastic. Okay. Um but it's not like that 90s botox like oh if I get botox my fo- my face is frozen and I'm right. drooling when I'm trying to drink a soda because <laughs> I can't even close my mouth, yeah, right? Like yeah. that's not that's that was intentional. Like that person wanted to look like that, okay. you know? I've I've gotten botox for 10 years and I got botox way before I needed it, but I mean, I started in the in the industry, you know, young. Uh-huh. And so I had to try everything that we did, right? I had to, now obviously we do injections at the spa, but we have a physician that comes in, you know, every couple of weeks and does them for our clients. Okay. But that was another question. Not anybody can just give you Botox. Injection. No, I'm, okay. well, there's a lot of people now that like can quote, give you Botox, but do you want to receive Botox yeah. from just Shouldn't anybody? Probably. Eh. Right. Got it. You know, there are some negative things that can happen when you don't have an injector that actually is really good okay you know um and then they suck because you can't undo them right right like filler you can dissolve filler because it's hyaluronic acid it's a natural product that your body produces and you can dissolve that botox is not right so if they totally like hood your brow because they injected you too low and you like you look like you've had a stroke. Well, you're you're there for like four months. Right? Wow. <laughs> like, eh, you want to be careful with your injectors. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I'm totally for it. Um, I think that it's completely evolved, right? I'm not injecting cement into my face. Mm-hmm. Like, it was n- not as high quality, you know, in the 90s as it is right now. Mm-hmm. But 
I mean, but it is very intentional, right? Somebody, if they want their face to be frozen, then you say, you know, add more, no, add more, no, add more. And the people who want to be a little bit more natural, have a little bit more movement in their face. Well, sure. I mean, that's, that's pretty customary. So I think it's way more. Okay. Just. So they can do common. a lot of, they can do a lot of things. Totally. So, um, again, I'm super ignorant. Mm -hmm. Uh, what exactly is happening whenever you get a Botox injection? It's paralyzing your muscle. Okay. As so, so it, like, like, well, I need Botox right now. So this is a great example, right? So like my eyebrows like go up and down like a pretty good bit when I speak. Well, they, I don't want them to do that, right? Because that kind of just shows my age and it creates these wrinkles in my forehead that I don't want. So okay, I got you. when they inject me right here, it will paralyze that muscle. So my eye will not be able to, I also have expression, but it will not be able to have like the movement that okay. it would before. So it kind of prolongs the, uh, aging process for sure. Right. Okay. Yeah. And it'll, it'll prevent wrinkles from even forming that, that cause I've never given them the chance to form, mm -hmm. right? Like you get wrinkles from expressions from damage in the sun and stuff like that. Well, Botox freezes all that. So like my, I don't create these deep lines because my muscle has never moved there. Gotcha. Okay. Got it. I'm just learning all kind of stuff. Right. And there's, there's about four different types of Botox and about eight or nine different types of filler right now okay. on the market. So and is it depending on like what you want or does the person advising you tell you what you need? Yeah. I mean, you would think like from cheekbones down is filler and like eyeballs up is Botox. Okay. You know, now there's like, there's obviously that's not like a hard and fast rule, mm -hmm. but that's kind of how you would think about it. Gotcha. Like if you want duck lips, you get filler. But you don't have to. I do know that. Like, you of the don't have to have duck lips if you have fillers. Right. Like, and you can, like these nasal labial folds, like that also shows age. So you can fill mm -hmm. those in to where they're smoother. Mm -hmm. And so filler is adding volume. So when people add filler to their lips, they're bigger. Obviously, big lips are in. I just recently got a lip flip, and that was thebomb.com. What's a lip flip? So it's Botox in the lip. Okay. But it's right above the lip line. So it relaxes the lip just a little bit. It paralyzes that lip muscle just a little bit. So it makes your top lip look a little bit bigger. But I didn't okay. add filler. Like, I'm, I'm scared of filler in my lips because I don't want to feel it. Okay. And Chase doesn't want to feel it when he kisses me. So he's, like, really <laughs> adamant about, like, no fillers in the lips. Okay. Got yeah. it. I have heard of fillers, like I mentioned, because of, <laughs> like, Kardashians and uh, all that. Uh, fantastic. So have y'all have – I guess y'all don't do anything off of the face in terms of – Botox. I'm just wondering about no. those wild stories of people getting like making their muscles look bigger or like no. their butts look bigger <laughs> no. or something like that. Okay. No. Right. <laughs> no. Got it. Um, now you can do injections like in your armpit when um, you have like excessive sweating and stuff like that. So that um, helps prevent that. So you have you get injections in your armpit. Okay. And then there's also people who get injections like around their upper lip area for like excessive like lip sweat and stuff yeah. like that. So I mean, there's definitely a different, you know, benefit from some Botox. I and mean, obviously Botox was, you know, I guess created for migraines and they found all these additional aging benefits really, by accident. Interesting. Really, okay. truly. Yeah. Cool. Um, man, again, I had a question and now I'm forgetting. Um, I was going, oh, so for my personal benefit, uh, what advice do you have for having a healthy face under my beard and 
growing a thicker beard? Do you have any advice? But I mean, we went through the yeah. whole, you know, rejuvenating the skin, which would obviously help. Uh, I did a, like during the quarantine, actually, I shaved my face no down way. and left a mustache because I thought it'd be funny. But and you I just looked like a creep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm thinking about doing it again, actually, oh, just because it's so offensive. <laughs> yeah, it's like so crazy. No one has mustaches. Anyway, but I shaved it because I like, was no shade to all the 90s dads. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> actually, a sidebar. We. Uh, I stumbled, Tori and I stumbled across this random YouTube video and you just went skiing. So this is perfect. But it was from, I think like the early seventies and they were interviewing people, um, working (laughs) the ski slopes because all of a sudden out of nowhere, they had all these snowboarders coming in. Yeah. These young rebel snowboarders. And so they were interviewing these people and they were like, Oh, these snowboarders are just going to make people get hurt. And they need to, they're not respectful to people and stuff like that. (laughs) But the guy that they were interviewing, he was probably 30 at the time. And did he have a gnarly hair? Was great. He had some awesome seventies glasses and he just had a huge thick mustache and he was wearing a polo and I, and actually you crushed I was on like, him a little bit. That guy looks pretty dope right now. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so like I I'm shaved that look. Okay. I shaved my whole beard, uh, partly also mm-hmm. because I was thinking I would get rid of all the hair and then maybe clean some stuff and then it would grow back thicker. Yeah. It didn't really work. Um, so all that to say, what advice do you have? Uh, to help me grow a massive Viking beard. Well, you're going to have to stimulate hair growth. You okay. know, like that doesn't... Like take st- testosterone or like <laughs> I mean, steroids or something? Well, I guess that's one way, but <laughs> I mean, you can... There is, I mean, there's growth factors that you can inject into that area of the beard. So, I mean, it's it's a more new technology that's kind of come out, but so you use like a microneedling technique, which sounds barbaric but it's not um it punctures the face thousands of times okay and you in put on top of that open wound either growth factors your own prp which is like your own platelets okay or um human growth factor plant growth factor something like that to stimulate new growth so you can do that i mean that's the only way you're going to get more hair do you have to shave to do something like that? Mm-mm. Okay. No. And then do you, do y'all do that here? Mm-mm. We do. Oh, interesting. Okay. Cool. And you can do it on the scalp line too. So like. So when I start losing hair, I can do that. When you start losing hair. Um, awesome. It's, it's particularly an issue with um, receding hairlines for women, right? Okay. I mean, women often identify themselves with their hair. I mean, it's a big, it's a big thing. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And so you can microneedle the scalp and then you know, infuse, uh, growth factors or platelets or, you know, different, there's cool. different options to, you know, re-stimulate that hair growth. Cause what happened is the hair follicle has died and it has not been stimulated and it just happens in nature. Right. I mean, like w- people in general, after the age of 18, stop producing collagen. Wow. Right. Unless it's stimulated, which, so okay. that's why we age and we continue to age and we continue to age. Well, like grade B collagen just doesn't produce in our bodies anymore. And it's, I'm like, why God, you chose 18, like, (laughs) ew, like you could have chosen like 45 or something, like, you know, like you created all this, like, can't you just like fix it? (laughs) (laughs) Like it's a new child every, you know, all the time, like you could fix that. Yeah. But then you wouldn't have almond too, maybe. Yeah. No, true. Um, okay. I don't, we're not gonna stay here all night, of course. And I've already taken a, a lot of your time. So a few kind of like random questions that I want to ask you maybe to close it out um is cheerleading a sport oh don't even (laughs) don't even if freaking curling is a sport in the olympics (laughs) give me a break 
Like these girls are athletes. They uh-huh. train hard. They work hard. They compete fiercely. Of course, it's a sport. Okay. Give me a break. So, whenever you uh, in your professional cheerleading career, what um, did you, y'all did competitions? I know, like even in high school, Bethany yeah. did like these big cheerleading competitions and stuff. What uh, what was like the biggest one that? either at Bethany or wherever that you went to and like competed in? I mean, you kind of have like the same circuit of competitions, right? So you have like these smaller regional competitions that, you know, come together and the winners of all these have won bids to go to this national competition, right? And it's, you know, we were grand national champs of one whenever I was 11th grade, I think. Yeah, I think nice. 11th grade. Um, so that was a huge honor for us. We got rings. We got all these cool things. And that was fantastic. Um, but, I mean, they have them all over the country, right? And you have, again, these enormous events. I mean, we're actually going, like I've mentioned Atlanta a couple of times. We're yeah. going to go to Atlanta in a couple of weeks. That's for a cheer. It's for uh, a cheer. Thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. With the girls. And we'll probably have 30,000 athletes there competing. Wow. In different divisions and and so it's really it's really cutthroat um and it, it's good for the girls because it gives them truly something to work towards yeah you mm-hmm. know and people can say whatever they want about whatever right mm-hmm. well every little league you know grand world champion of baseball has seven million little baseball tournaments okay yeah. so like i'm not going to discredit one sport over another you know but i think any sport in general is a positive thing for children, teenagers, young adults to be involved in because it gives them a skill that they're really good at and it builds their confidence. Mm-hmm. I don't care what it is. You could you could play piano, you can play cello, you can be a competitive gym, gymnast, you could do cheer, you can play baseball, you can play football. Whatever that is for children it instills in them a belief in themselves that's really powerful, that's going to take them really far in life. Like they've overcome adversity. Every single person who's been in any sort of event like that, whether it's, again, from from a musical thing to an athletic thing, they have failed and they've had to get back up and do it again. Mm-hmm. And so that is critically important, I believe, to to being a productive, you know, adult. Mm -hmm. And so I'm adamantly for it. Love it. As am I love sports for sure. Um, and that kind of makes me wonder if, because you were a cheerleader and then you said your dream job was being in the back, not talking to anybody, <laughs> but now you've built, uh, you know, businesses with people involved, mm-hmm. customers and, uh, and uh, employees. So do you think that that cheerleading, I mean, you kind of explained it really well, but can, do you now see kind of that whole cheerleading aspect of being outgoing and in front of people and then also working with a team kind of yeah. helped you build that? to where you are now and definitely then, and then would you encourage even someone who might not think that uh their kid could be in the sport or uh, yeah. should be in a sport like just go for it and yes and do it yeah. i do i would encourage it um i think that it did it did give me a lot of like life skills that unbeknownst to me that i was yeah. developing right i remember so vividly oh coach DeSalvo. <laughs> would make us run around the gym and scream our hearts out. Like we had to, we had to scream this cheer so that our lungs 
and our stamina would be prepared for mm. the floor, right? Mm. When we were performing because the adrenaline would kick in, but then we would lose the adrenaline. And if you didn't have the stamina to back it up, then you weren't actually prepared. Yeah. So that is exactly what it is in life, right? If you don't prepare for your adrenaline to die, and that's in everything, right? And in, in your marriage, like you're really happy at first. Well, right. guess what? At some point it's going to suck. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't prepare for that stamina to kick in, then you're never going to succeed, right? Mm-hmm. And then in this industry and in the industry, whether it's owning a spa or whether it's owning a construction company or a medical company, like at some point that excitement, that stamina, I mean, yeah, like it just wears off. You know, the adrenaline wears off. Right, right. And so you have to have the stamina to back it up. And um, you have to have the tenacity and the grit to be able to just move forward, Mm -hmm. right? And just keep going. And so I find that whenever you have an athlete who maybe really didn't do well that day, right? They maybe pitched a really terrible game. Well, guess what? You have to get up in the morning and do it again, Mm -hmm. right? You're in a tournament. Well, you can't just quit because you sucked today, right? Like, (laughs) okay, well, I can't just close my doors of Avant because we had a crappy day. Mm -hmm. And so it does teach you to really be very resilient and gritty. And when you don't want to do it and when you don't feel like doing it, well, you got to do it anyway. Mm -hmm. And when I don't feel like adulting today, well, guess what? I have to do do it it anyways. So especially with people now depending on you. Totally. Children and employees and like you don't have the luxury to be like, well, I don't feel like it. Well, I mean, whatever. Um there's like a bunch of other stuff I want to ask you, but I have one question, uh, just your opinion, and then a final, I guess, like question uh from you. But uh we're we're like uh drinking this what is Chapelet. Chapelet. Um, <laughs> Don't say Chapelet. <laughs> Chapelet. Um, blend wine. Um, but I think you enjoy drinking wine. So I'm curious what are maybe a couple of your suggestions for me to try or your favorites. Yeah. I'm, well, I'm a huge wino. So okay. I like my list of favorites is like pretty lengthy. Okay. And it would totally depend on like what mood I'm in, like what season it is, so, like right, what so activity. Let you me know? tell you, I like uh, to drink a red wine. Um, usually with, you know, Mm -hmm. a steak or something like that. So what's your top like three red wines, maybe Cabernets? Um, Cade. So I would do a Cade. Okay. Um, C-A-D-E, C-A-D-E. Okay. I mean, just an easy off the palate. Most restaurants in the South will have them. Okay. It's like a Frank family. Like a Frank family is like our table wine. Okay. So you can get it at Oak Point. It's fantastic. Um, you know, I mean, I like a Camus, but I don't like a Camus because they have a lot of sugar in it. Okay. Um, but I mean, though, I mean, Cade and a Frank family. Now, Cade's going to cost you. I mean, it's going to be upwards of like 200. 200 a uh-huh. bottle. But right, it's, so I'll have to save up for that one. But it's going to be worth it. Like you want to pull that out for like, I'm really going but nice, for it. Right. Okay. Yeah. Got it. I mean, but a prisoner is a red blend. Okay. And that's a really affordable, you know, wine by yeah, the bottle. I'm still in like the... If I'm like going to get a nice bottle of wine, it's like 60 or 70 bucks. Yeah. Okay. I haven't gone triple digits yet. Well, okay. Well, in my taste, <laughs> prisoner and Frank family are all, I mean, Frank, the Frank family cabs, 50 bucks a bottle. Okay. Nice. But the Zen is where it's at. We'll be honest. It's $30 a bottle and it is fantastic. Cool. Good to know. Um, we have a whole collection of like Italian wines and like 
Argentinian wines and stuff like that. But they're they're more obscure, a little bit more difficult yeah, to yeah, yeah. find. Um, there is like a really good like Rutherford that we really like. Um, I'm I'm currently listening to this a yeah. couple weeks from now and like and typing, like it, typing up, it all yeah, up on my phone as I'm listening. So. Mm-hmm. Taking good I'm notes. I'm also a really, like, I'm a big sparkling wine fan. Sparkling wine. Yeah. So okay. it's like, I, I mean, I, I say sparkling wine. Like, I'm a huge Prosecco fan. Okay. Huge Prosecco fan. I don't love champagne. It's a little too dry, champagne. you know, but Prosecco is a, a tad bit sweeter. Um, and so I, I'm a big fan of Prosecco. That's okay. usually like my, my first round drink is Prosecco. Got it. Second round drink is either like a Chardonnay or a red, depending on. You like where I'm going. Cool. Yeah. We, we were lucky enough to be invited to go to Napa Valley on a, <gasps> like a three day, four day vacation, like best, one of the best that we've ever done. Mm-hmm. And the people that we were with were huge wine people. And so it was really fun to, before that I was like, I don't like wine. Wine's gross. Like, yeah. you know, whatever. And then all these people that were like, Oh, I can taste the scent. I, you know, there was whatever. I was like, that's bull. That's bull. That's yeah. They're making that up. But after we went on that trip with them, they were very knowledgeable and explaining everything. And whenever you kind of partake and experience it with someone who knows what, what knows about doing. it, knows what they're talking about, knows what they're doing. I mean, before we went, I think I've said this story before, but before we went, Tori and I were YouTubing how not to look like an idiot drinking <laughs> wine or tasting wine. Uh, but so after that few days, I was like, man, it's this whole world I didn't know anything about. So. Mm-hmm. We were lucky enough to do that. And since then, you know, have been kind of trying and tasting different yeah. things. And, you know, one of the ones that we mm-hmm. got to go to there was Robert Craig. Was oh, yeah. A vineyard. Mm-hmm. So you've had them. So we, the guy that I was with, again, luckily enough, uh, we got the VIP treatment. So That's we awesome. had a private tasting lucky. with the winemaker yeah. and all that stuff. So, but the wine was unbelievable. Uh, but yeah, you can't, it's hard to find. I've only mm-hmm. found it like once here. Um, well, and you have and all these like private labels bucks, when you but, go to... Napa that they'll ship to you, but you can't find them yeah. in stores. I've only, Calandra's on yeah. government had it yeah. for like a month or something. Um, anyway, cool. So that could be a whole other podcast maybe next time oh, we could talk totally. more about wine. Um, well, and I, and I would start to drink wine. I started to drink wine when I was a little bit younger, probably in like my quote adulting life because I was with all these Microsoft execs. Right. And so they would, I mean, I'm like, okay, well, I don't know what you're right. drinking, but I'll drink this. <laughs> so I was honestly like a wine snob early on because they were ordering all the expensive, all stuff. these expensive things. Yeah. Like never once ever have I ever purchased a box wine. <laughs> never in my whole life. Yeah. And that's like, why I thought that I hated wine. Cause that was the only one I had tasted before. Ugh, or like a Boone's farm or like any same. of these, yeah, like, you know, same. what is that? God, there's one thing. Woodbridge. Terrible. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Um, but I mean, so I kind of became, but then I would appreciate it. Right. And I like, I don't drink to get drunk. Like I don't, I don't like that aspect of like alcohol. Um, but there is true craft to it. And I think that also led me into like my love for really fine dining and fine foods Mm -hmm. because there's so much to be explored and to, to be experienced Mm -hmm. with a really good bottle of wine with a sommelier and a really good dinner with an actual chef, not like a cook, but like an actual chef who was so thoughtful in his preparation. And these winemakers are so thoughtful in their preparation of their wines. Like the two go hand in hand, like so well, Mm -hmm. but there's those experience for experiences for me are exciting. And I really like yeah. the creativity that goes behind that. 
Love it. That's uh, I might have to get some notes after the show on For some sure. things to do along those lines because I also love. And I had, you remember Gavin Job? Oh, yeah. He, I've had him on my podcast. Or you said you listened. Maybe you listened to that one. Well, I didn't, see, I didn't see that one. It was like the fourth or fifth one. No, so I didn't it was see early. it. But, uh, but again. That's like, a name I haven't heard in forever. Yeah. That's great. Just And he has Maribo in Covington, the restaurant. Oh, so, I didn't know. But like talking with him I'm about. I'm going back to listen to that one. I didn't you see should. it. It's good. We're okay, actually might, we might do another one soon. Uh, but his, yeah, going to his restaurant. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know him. So like it's a whole, that's a whole other layer. But yes, a chef. Who like but thinks wait, about was, what they're okay, doing. Wait a minute. I, I digress because I'm going to get off topic. But I know I did see him because he was a chef in Baton Rouge. He, so he uh, co-owned the Pelican, Pelican House. Pelican, yes. Yeah. That's what it is. I'm like, wait, no, no, no. Time out. Because yeah. I did see him at the Pelican House. And that was, I hadn't seen him in forever. But since that day, I haven't heard his name again. Yeah. But okay. I so, was he did, so he was there. He was on Food Network. Exactly. On, he uh, was on like. What's the chef's? Uh, chopped. Chopped. That's right. Thank you, Carl. Yeah. Yeah. He was on Chopped, and he won, and then went to. You, totally. You gotta listen to my. Uh, um, I'm going back here. Yeah. Episode four, I think. Go listen to it. Uh, but yeah, he was on Chopped and won, and we actually went to the viewing at Pelican House, and he made oh. some of the same dishes from the oh show, and we got to taste it while we were watching him make it on TV, which was really cool. But what an experience! It was unbelievable, and his restaurant. I'm just gonna like dote on him, but and his restaurant. In coming to Maribo, it's like an Italian inspired. I'm going to go. It's just like, you know, he creates these things, which is mind blowing to me, just like an artist mm-hmm. painting something. But yeah. it's like, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what half of the stuff is that yeah. you're putting into it. Yeah. Uh, like who knew half of this like, food even was in existence? Right. Like what? And, and that it was possible for you to make these things from totally. it. Um, so anyways, uh, all that to say, I totally agree with you. I just, you just like have me back with Gavin on like a food podcast, wow, a food that. and freaking wine Maybe podcast. Maybe we should come here. Ooh, with, I'll oh, go there. Or go there. We could I'll do go there. there. I yeah. want to go to that, that hotel that's over there. Anyway. And you could bring some wines. Totally. You could fork the bill for the wines. I'll, I'll fork the bill for the wines. <laughs> cool. That would be amazing. Um, I'm like, that is my jam. Like, that's my side hustle project. Like, that's what I want to do. I just so want to eat gonna, great food and drink great wine. So you want to open a restaurant one day? No, heck no, I don't. Okay, no. I just meant like hobby. Hobby, hobby. side hustle. Just go partake. Yes. Support chefs. Like, honestly, I mentioned this like before we were like filming and recording and stuff, but to go eat at every Michelin star restaurant yeah. on the globe is wow. like, a must do. That's like a bucket list thing. Oh, I mean, it's a, it's a long bucket list. Yeah, it's a, it's a only lot. two. Only two. But we were supposed to go to San Fran, and we were supposed to go to Artillier in San Francisco. And you may or may not know anything about this restaurant, but um, zero. Oh my gosh! And we had French Laundry. Uh, Heard of that one only because of recent and, controversies. Yes. <laughs> well, I don't know about the recent controversies. Well, Gavin Newsom, the governor, said you should stay home and social distance and wear a mask. Uh, but then he was photographed at French Laundry with oh, all of his friends. Was. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Uh, Four hundred dollars a plate yeah. from what the news said. I don't totally. Know. So. So anyway, so it's like no, that's like a huge thing. Like I. When I go places, I'm like, yeah. okay, well, do they have this? And right. if I can go there, then let's make a reservation. Like I, I plan trips around that. Around I mean, it's food. just, a, it's just, yeah. That's amazing. Food makes me happy. I think maybe I work out so that I could eat. I don't That's know. good. <laughs> that, I don't work out. I just eat and look at me. <laughs> no, you're fine. Um, so the, so did you watch Chef's Table on Netflix? Absolutely. I love that show. That and was did you watch show. The Final Table no, on Netflix? I kind of fell off. Oh, no, We watched no. a hand, we watched probably like seven or eight or nine of those. No, but they go were watch amazing. The Final Table. Okay. Is that a whole other series? Oh, it's a whole other series. Oh, uh, okay. And it is a 
amazing. They're all Michelin star, are all Michelin rated starred yeah. um, chefs. They all compete in different nationalities and different stuff. Like, wow. If they Sounds would just, cool. they just need to come back with like another final table. So is it uh, one season final table? It's like yeah, competition? Yeah, it's just one. Or? It's just one, yeah. Okay, gotcha. Cool. I'm going to check it out. But it is. Uh, I like, I've watched it several times. Sweet. Nice. Because <laughs> it's like amazing. We also watched the, this is like really getting off track, Great British Baking Show. Oh, of course. Yeah, that's a Who good one Who doesn't too. watch that? It's a good one. My Chase Carl hates it. it. <laughs> you hate it? No, I love it. I started watching it because... Uh, you know, the British accents. Totally. Uh, but then and like, it was whatever, like, legit. like, what, like, like really what they're good. making. I'm like, what is that? Yeah. I haven't heard of half the stuff they make. No, totally not. It's good. No. Um, the patisserie is, that's what cracks me up. Their patisserie. And I'm patisserie. like. Patisserie. Well, yeah. You got to remind me what that Yeah. Is. Well, it's like a pastry, but it's slightly different. Okay. But just the way that they say it is great. Right. Yeah. And then they, they call all kinds of things, different things. And yeah. then the original, um, cause they, they changed like. Mary Berry's not on there anymore. Oh, yeah. She was the best. And then I actually like that guy with the black hair. Oh, my God. He's the best. Yeah, he's funny. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> like, I'm serious. Like, I'll sit here and talk food and wine <laughs> all night we long. Will have to do, we will have to. We should probably set that up. Gavin sure. would love to do that because he loves so talking good. about. It was really cool hearing his story and how he got. Because the funny thing was, uh, and similar to us, I guess, um, mm. he had always been like very interested in cooking and being a chef mm -hmm. and food, but I really wasn't aware of it yeah. until he was running a restaurant. Right. And so that was really cool to hear about, uh, kind of how that evolved and like what he's doing now. And then similarly, uh, I didn't know your career before mm -hmm. basically now running a, you know, successful, which it very is success. It is very successful, uh, spa and beauty, uh, salon. And so, yeah, so it's, it's cool, you know, Again, a plug for why I do the podcast, but it's cool to hear about how that kind of comes together and then, you, yeah. you know, puts you in the place that you are cooking food or um, running a business. Um, very cool. Okay. So I to, think it's super cool. to close it out, because um, we could talk for a long time, Forever. but you have kids. Mm -hmm. um, I was going to ask you like three questions to end, but I might just ask it out in case the answer okay. is the same. Okay. Um, but you... You may have thought about this before, but um, you could be defined as a role model for people um, and, you know, uh, have a great marriage, have kids, have a business, you know, you've uh, made money and you, you get to do things that you love to do, wine, food, that sort of thing. Um, I was going to ask, how would, what advice would you give to someone who wanted a successful marriage, wanted to raise well-adjusted kids? and wanted to be a successful business owner. But I'll ask you, I guess, um, in one question, what advice would you have for someone who might be 18 or 17 or might be 40 and wants yeah. to build from here on how you uh, how you build those kind of pillars Yeesh. of your life? I'm like, that's a lot. This is, a, like lot. A, this is a big question. We can I'm end like, with a big one. Um, well, first of all, I would say it's like it's not easy as it seems. Like we've talked about like that Facebook facade, you know, it's not as easy as it seems. Like everything worth having is worth working for. And I talk with my children about that. You know, I mean, it's Chase and I have been through definite seasons where I'm like, eh, I'm not sure if we're going to be married. You know, like I'm not sure if this is what we really want. And I'm not ashamed to say that because I feel like that's what real life is. Mm -hmm. Right. Like. Even as a business owner, like, I mean, there's times where like, I'm not sure that this is what I really want. And, and I think you get to the point because just as a human, as a, as just a 
normal human being. Like you get beat down and you get discouraged. And when you're in that place, you don't know that you think that, well, let me go right. And this is going to be a better option. Mm. Right. Or let me go over here. And something that I've constantly remembered is, and for whatever foresight this was on the wedding cups that Chase and I have, it says the grass is not greener on the other side. The grass is greener where we water it. And I remember that so clearly and not that I only have 500 still left in my cabinet, but whatever, (laughs) you know, 12 years later, but, um, for sure. Right. Like the next option isn't better or the next whatever isn't better. Mm. It's just different. And, and so it's, yeah, I mean, it's going to be work. It's going to be a struggle, but it's going to, I mean, I guess theoretically be worth it in the end. That's what they keep saying. Right. Right. (laughs) But I mean, again, you have to go back to finding joy where you are. If I'm always looking for something more, something better. And, you know, I'll be quite frank, like I have an extremely ambitious personality. And so the contentment and fine and being in a place of being happy, but growing is difficult, right? Like, and I think specifically as a female, right? Men are encouraged and wired to be ambitious, to grow, to be the breadwinners, to be like this big masculine figure in the family, right? Well, women are not necessarily encouraged more so now, obviously, Mm -hmm. but it's still Mm -hmm. more rare than it is common, right? To have a female who is very ambitious and wants to grow and be successful and have more and do more, but at the same time, be happy and be content. Like those two things are difficult balances to find. Mm -hmm. And so they often struggle with one another. But at the same time, like if you want to have it, then you have to work for it. It's just not going to come. And, you know, a good marriage doesn't just happen. And it is not good all the time. And owning a business is not good all the time. And there's going to be plenty of months where I'm like, yeah, maybe I'm out. You're like, yeah, you know, but is the disruption and is a disaster worth it? Or should you just put your head down and stick with it and go through that mess to then come on the other side and be like, okay, wait, this is, but I think communication is really important because I think if when you hide that struggle, that's when it becomes really pulling like that division is just stretching and stretching. Like if I'm in isolation in that struggle, Mm. whether it's business, whether it's personal, you know, and if I don't communicate that to my partner, whether it's my partner in business or my partner in life or whatever, then of course you're going to divide. And then you almost can't reconnect because Mm -hmm. you're so far pulled apart. You've never even communicated the emotions. So, you know, in our life, personally speaking, there's been some intense conversations and honesty on the table because I believe that I, both parties in this marriage and this relationship, we're adults, right? I should be able to freely and openly communicate with you. And if that hurts your feelings, it's not an intent, but it is how I feel. Mm -hmm. And this is my reality. Right. And so you have to be able to be free to live in your reality. And that could be in despair. It could be in joy. It can be in a lot of different things. But if you can't freely live in that, then you're not going to be able to get past it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, but your partner has to be 
ready to live in that with you. Mm-hmm. And then you move forward in that together. And that's in business and in personal. Like there's been plenty of times, like I said, I mean, this business several times almost went under and I was in that muck, right? And in that disparagement and Chase was there too, right? He had to live through that with me mm-hmm. in order to get on the other side. And, but a lot of people aren't willing to do that. And they're just like, you know what? This is too much. Peace out. Mm-hmm. But then when they get in the next relationship, it's just as crazy and just as complicated. And now you have an ex to deal with and a new person. And it's a lot, you mm-hmm. know, and th- there's no discredit to that. You know, that's just what happens a lot of times. And sometimes it doesn't. You don't. Two parties are not on the same page and you can't move past that. Mm-hmm. So that is not to say or, you know, to throw shade or pass any judgment on that piece of it, because I can understand how difficult it would be for two people to make a pact to get past it, you know? Um, so again, like I tread very lightly there. Like that is not, that is not to put down or disparage on anything from that situation. But for us, that was, you know, we have chosen to work through difficulties and work through, um, just challenges in both business and Mm -hmm. personal life. So find someone who communicates with you and is willing to be in the muck with you in business or in personal relationships. For sure. And if you like one thing that Chase and I've always had is like we have so much fun. Mm -hmm. So much fun. Like if I can't ask you to stunt with me in a pool and you like (laughs) hands down like, yeah, never done that before, but let's try it. Mm -hmm. Then like. You're not for me. Mm-hmm. If I can't say, oh my God, we should totally like go do this. You know, mm-hmm. you, I mean, we have a lot of fun and I think that's our friendship and our fun has been the, the bond that's kind of held us together. Mm-hmm. Cause even when we didn't really love each other, we really liked each other. Mm-hmm. And so we would find something to distract and something to, you know, to kind of work through yeah. and do together, do together for yeah. sure. Cool. Yeah. And now we play tennis together, so that's right. really fun. And then Lots I kick his butt all the time. <laughs> You're better than him at tennis? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I'm going to say that, but he has beat me it. before. He's he not here me. to defend himself. I know. Like, I'm so much better. <laughs> cool. But, yeah. I, you have to have fun. Yeah. I, but that's me. Like, I am a, I want to have fun. Like, sometimes I am too serious because I do let stress and things in life, like, kind of get you down. But at the end of the day, like, I want to be more fun. And mm-hmm. I think that's, like, my theme for 21 like I'm just over the stress I'm over that love it cool well I cannot thank you enough for letting me come crash your this place is amazing by the way it's like very nice you've expanded it Mm since you said that's awesome and the Willow Grove one have you been over there also amazing looks fantastic so thank you for letting me crash I really appreciate the invite for this fun me. podcast. This was really cool. This was a lot of fun. I really and, enjoyed uh, it. And it's, uh, let's see, it's, uh, yeah, it's 9.15. So I thought we stayed a lot longer than I thought. Well, I my kids should theoretically be in bed. So Hopefully. like I've stayed long enough to where I don't have to if do Chase, that. Did Chase put him to bed? Did he? Uh... Well, he did call me. So I'm assuming that he's done with his tennis. Yep. And, you know, Dad all, duties. all is good. And hopefully, you know, the world did not blow up while I was here. Hopefully not. I mean, I'll find out either way, so I shouldn't That's rush true. to it. <laughs> I'm sorry if you have to deal with an explosion when you get home. It's fine. It's <laughs> Thanks fine. so much. This has been great. I, I love it. There's tons of advice and things and it, from wine Oops. to business and the hard times I thought was great, was really insightful to hear about. So 
Thank you for having grateful. me. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Thanks everybody for listening to this episode and thank you for coming back and downloading and listening to more of these episodes. I really appreciate it and I hope that you are enjoying them um, half as much as I am because I'm thoroughly enjoying these. Again, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'll say it a million times to Ellen for letting me show up at her spa and take time out of her busy week to talk to me. Really enjoyed hearing about your journey and catching up and uh, it was a great time. If you haven't been to Avon 2 yet, you should most certainly go check them out, pamper yourself, get the entire experience. Uh, they do top-notch work, and I'm sure, as you now know after listening to Ellen for a couple of hours, they really care about the customer experience and want to make sure that you're happy coming in, experiencing it, and leaving. So they are our unofficial sponsor for this episode, Avon 2, three locations, Central and Baton Rouge. Definitely check out their website uh, and social media pages for more information. Thank you again for downloading this episode, and I will see you on the next one. Mm -hmm.